Gonna Go Pizza presents S S D P P P The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Oh, we're gonna go, we can talk now? Oh, hey, welcome to the show! Jesse was up adjusting cameras. We weren't sure if we could start yet, but now we can start! You can start anytime you Steve's want. Steve's drinking coffee and water. Yeah! And really, water's just bean water. Coffee's just bean water. Yeah! You're just drinking your bean water. Damn, boy. So We've been watching that Tic Tac all that. Damn, boy! Damn, That's boy. a ass boy! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if you're not on TikTok yet, I don't know what it's to tell you. Hey, you guys sound so old. I know. <laughs> I don't care. I know. Hey, I had it a year ago. Hey, like two years after it got popular. I know. You guys, you guys heard of TikTok? Heard <laughs> of TikTok? Yo, okay. So I here's the worst part is I had TikTok a year ago and I didn't even pay attention to it and I registered my name. But now I can't remember my login, so I had to start another login. They don't have a forgot my password? No. Because I don't even know what email. I, had a, I have several emails <laughs> okay, that I use. Anyway, I'm an idiot. Oh, no. So, uh, Adam Wild Vids is my name now. Hey, because uh, because I'm an idiot. Poo account. <laughs> well, I no, follow... I don't think the Poo account exists. I, don't, I think they took it down. I'm I was your first follower ever. Wow. So, I think I deserve credit for that. I, followed I deserve the crown. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Jesse's All living generously. come to an end. You had a good run, Willie. <laughs> but you lost to a worthy opponent. Jesse M. Blake. What's your middle name? Uh, Jude. Is it? Doesn't he have the coolest name? Jesse Jude Blake? Yes, yes. That's unfair. What do you mean? I got Paul. Stupid. Good good Christian boy. Yeah, it's one of the saints. (laughs) It's awful. Who cares about Paul? Listen. You got your Catholic showing. Yeah, the fact that he only has one. (laughs) Also, I feel guilty at all times. Being Mm -hmm. half Italian, the fact that you only have one middle name is a shock. That is true. I mean, when you think about the... The 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 There's backpack full of weights of middle names that Italians yeah. have to carry. Not enough bibbity bobbity in my name. No, there isn't. And, and no. Paulo, it's not. It's it's Paul. It's not Paulo. Something like <laughs> that. Paolo. Yeah, yeah. I should have <laughs> been named after one of my uncles. You have yeah. an uncle Paulo? No, I have a Leonardo, a Rocco, a Domenico. My Domenico is a great name. Raphael. Oh. Isn't oh. every Italian boy named after an uncle? A Ninja Turtle. Isn't we were all yeah. named after Ninja Turtles. And then that generation was named after them. After somebody's uncle. And now everyone from Woodbridge is named Massimo or Gianluca. And that's how it works. What kind of car do they drive? Oh, something that they fucked with. Modified a bunch. Is there a flag on the front? Oh my god, there's one on either side, Jesse. Yeah. Hey, hold and on. the mirror. What happens during the World Cup, though? Oh, <laughs> it's like Leafs on the driver's side, Juventus on the right, and that's it. And the Italian flag over the front of the hood. Oh, right. That's and a couple pricks with a Lazio flag. Yeah, what's no that about? Cares. What Shut is up. that? What's the Lazio flag about anyway? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I owned FIFA 2001. That was my last one. Uh, Filippo Inzaghi flying down the pitch. <laughs> I was great. I had a Juventus jersey growing up, so they're my Italian league oh. team. I had an Alessandro Del Piero. Ah, there's another Italian name. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. PSG. <laughs> I'm a PSG guy. Yeah. That's Paris Saint that's St. George. That's, that's the French league. Yeah, whatever. I'm a big fan. They own... Pierre they, Saint-Germain? I think they're owned I, by, I by some right. oil. They, they're owned by some like oil barons, and they just can buy anything they want. So it's just them and everybody else. Like SKA St. Petersburg. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Wow. Well, welcome, welcome to the show. Well, that's Mark, it for the show. Mark Spectre will be on in about half an hour to talk about how the Oilers suck. <laughs> well, and that's that it. it. We're gonna introduce him as reporter on the worst team. No. 
<laughs> okay. Hey, reporter. He'd be like, worst. <laughs> hey, garbage. Yeah, he'd be like, hey, um, can we not be weird about this? <laughs> Sorry. And I'm also never coming back on. Yeah. I sabotage every show. It's my curse. Uh, no, we are, we are going to talk to him about his new book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about uh, the Canadians at the World Juniors and how they're good at it. And thick boys. And damn, boy. It's about thick boys, yes. Yeah, it is. Um, is it going to talk about the, the collapse, though? Uh, of the Edmonton Oilers? Well, they won their No, the game. collapse of the Team team Canada when they went, when they oh, went oh. the goals. And well, it was more than 4-1. They only lose the gold medal game in traumatic fashion. It has to be yeah. spectacular. Yeah, they the can't flurry, just lose. No. The Flurry yeah. one, the John Carlson one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they almost choked on a 6-1 lead or something like that mm-hmm. against Russia. They can't just park the car. The car must explode in the background, too. No, I was at the game where they blew the 3-0 lead in the third. I was sitting right behind Zach Hassian's family. They were happy, and then they were sad. Ooh. Yeah. What good. happened last year where they didn't even, they finished in like six or something crazy? I can't remember. Like, or, I don't remember them being a particularly skilled team. Like, I don't think it was, mm. I don't think they had a Lafreniere that they're going to have this year. My super unpopular opinion is like, that's fine. Like, Canada wins it's, and is in competition so often that. It's okay if like a Denmark squeaks in or a Belarus mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like isn't isn't like Britain in not this year but the next or something like that and yeah I don't care I think um, Finland I, I want like I want there to be actually I mean obviously I want Canada to win all the time but also as we've seen um, it creates issues when only Canada and the United States win well like in women's hockey they could almost consider taking it out of the Olympics because it was like it was just those two didn't they wasn't there talk of that or something I want to say basketball too for a while. Yeah, like, it was just like so. It's nice to have some. It is nice to have some variety. Always want Canada to win, mm-hmm. but yeah. like it'd be nice if they had to play someone different every time. Yeah. In Last the game. year, they uh, lost in the quarterfinals to Finland. Yeah. Right, yeah. And who Finland ended was up a good going team. on to win the championship? Yeah, yeah. losing yeah. in the quarterfinals, crap. Losing to the eventual winners, eh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's Finland. Sure, and they're legit. You don't want to lose in the quarterfinals when you're Canada. That's all. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the. Um, the USA this past summer in the World uh, Championships, they lost in. Uh, they faced, they think they had a sixth place finish, sixth or fifth in hockey, in basketball, in basketball. Yeah, so it's Ooh. equivalency. Unacceptable. You know? Yeah, they yeah, did. but didn't like <clears throat> who was their best player? Uh, like half the Celtics went, which was fun, mm-hmm. but yeah. They, they, and they're, no one else? they're a roster with NBA players. You shouldn't be losing. Yeah, right. Canada couldn't get people out. That was a problem. Oh, God. Yeah, Canada, Canada had a struggle. No, they had like two people I went to high school with. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of guys from the court down the street. They they do have some real NBA players coming to this year. This year's, um, what is it? Not the Olympics. Well, the Olympics. It's yeah. the Olympics, well, yeah. Well, they have to qualify again because they didn't qualify last year yeah, it'll be but... it won't be just kelly olenic and a bunch of guys it'll right. be like rj barrett and the, i think they're saying that andrew wiggins might come in mm-hmm. which would be good hair canada and hair canada and <laughs> hair can- and that's it that's it uh hey let's get into who wore the crown if you live generously life will treat you royally kind of like what jesse did with his follow on tiktok which became yes. my first yeah. why not pour yourself in a front of crown why? royal not because we're going to get into who wore the crown because it's our town it's our crown and let's crown a leaf that lives generously by giving it all for the team. Brought to you by our friends at Crown Royal. Live generously. Life treats royally. Let's get into it. Steve Dangle. Austin Matthews. Pretty easy. Guy scored two goals. One of them was effing disgusting. Mm. And the other mm. one was also very, very good because mm. it's Austin Matthews. Not enough praise is given when the guy just rips it. 
and it goes in. You always got to wow him with a couple moves. He did wow him with a couple moves, though. It's hard to beat an NHL goalie with a wrist shot. Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, what Jack Eichel did to Freddie Anderson. Jack Eichel's shot was dirty. Outrageous. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know how we've talked about, like, uh, it's nice to get an occasional save? Mm-hmm. No, no, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, that was, that was very, very good. I think but, people still say... You know, Freddie could have had better body body positioning on that, but I don't know if that's a more if there's a more perfect shot taken. Yeah. Like I don't know if you could take a more perfect shot mm-hmm. than what Jack Eichel did. No, you really couldn't. It was right into uh, into uh, top ched, but as the Russians say, right in the spider's web. Yeah. Is that what they call thing. it? That's, yes. What is that? What is it? Like right into the spider's web. Oh. It's, I don't know what the translation is. It's much cooler because than of the netting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. our spiders are always up, right? Yeah. Oh, never down. I didn't put that together. That was just a net. They, 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 they get eaten if they were down, so they go up. Adam read oh. that on a podcast. That's <laughs> 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 how that works. I don't know. And he yeah. did that the little too. thing where he shot off foot, like he landed, he was on his his right foot instead of his left foot. A little he's little gross. trick there. Yeah, he's yeah. Gross. just nasty. Fred Foot, yeah. huh? um, but <laughs> enough about less good Austin Matthews. Let's talk about Austin Matthews, mm. who scored Man. two goals instead of one. Did you know that two is better than one? I it do. is. And in a game that the Leafs had to win because of playoff implications, in a game where if you're making a poster for that game, you're putting Eichel on one side and Matthews on the other. Yeah. You're expecting them to go head-to-head. Because they're Americans, they're centers, they were drafted a year after each other. There's a million reasons. And they're always going to be linked for their entire careers. Yep. Matthews is going to be linked to Eichel. He's going to be loosely linked to McDavid for God knows what reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's going to be linked to Eichel. Yeah. So I give him the the ground for being friggin' who he is. All right. An amazing hockey player. Nope, we don't do plur anymore. Uh, We do not do plur. (laughs) Plur is gone. Goodbye, plur. Um... I'm going to give it to Ilya Mikheyev, and I want to, sh- I want to tell you why. No. I want to tell you why. Not just because he had a great game last night, but you, as you know, I have to go to bed pretty early, as does Jesse. And mm-hmm. what you end up doing is, like with ice surfing, like I did this morning, I had, to, I had both feeds going as I was getting ready to go to work. <laughs> Which um, one was on the big screen? Oh, ice surfing, obviously. obviously. Yeah, I Chromecasted that. And yeah. had the, did you yeah. see the RA interview? Uh, yes, I did actually. R. I Dickie. did see the uh, Rear Admiral uh, yeah. interview. From no. He seemed like, man, what a positive guy. Positive and legitimately drunk. You think he was drunk? What? He said he was drunk. Like, oh. Right off the top. He's like, I'm not on heroin, I promise. And then he shows his teeth. He's like, it's red wine. I've been drinking with, uh, it was like Joffrey Lupul and Sean Avery all no day. Way. And he was trying to tell, apparently there's like a Paul Bissonette story about someone named Shitty Cindy. And so he starts the story with, oh, the shitty, I mean, sorry, shitty Cindy story. <laughs> he corrected shitty by saying shitty again. And he also dropped a couple fuckings, which was a first for ice surfing. Uh, but Whatever. It's not, not on broadcast. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, you guys are on the internet, so yeah, you can just so, swear. Ha ha! So Jeff Nair can be like, what the fuck is up, people? Yeah, Welcome <laughs> to ice surfing. You imagine <laughs> fucking thoughts. Sports fucking net. <laughs> This is this is mere days after I met someone at uh, book signing, and they said I was a good role model for their kids. Hey, that's okay. Listen, it doesn't make you a bad role model because you swear. Well, actually, I said sorry for all the swearing, and she goes, "Ah, I'm Irish." Nah, nah. that's what I'm saying. I liked it, right? And the yeah. Irish create beauties. So, um, no, I I think I I give it I give mine to Ilya Mikheyev, and the reason is is that I fell asleep after the first period because I have to. I have to put mm-hmm. myself to sleep, and I woke up. And I'm currently sleeping in my basement right now, but that's a completely different story. I woke up with the TV still on, 
We haven't talked about that on this. Podcast. No, we have not talked about but that. But Adam's sleeping about... in his basement. Sleeping my basement. Renovations upstairs. Yeah, sounds so. fun. And uh, <laughs> it's actually not bad. It's pretty cool. I have, like a little cool like loft apartment going on, and I've got a microwave and a coffee machine set up. It's great. And no wife or baby. Yeah, that's also awesome. So when Sleep... they come back, that shit's gonna suck. Huh? Oh no no, it'll be done. Oh, what? it'll be done. Yeah, they're done. They're not back till like mid Jan, so it'll be a while. Oh, yeah. the renovators. No, no, the renovators are going to finish by the time my wife and Your baby wife and back. baby are staying in yeah. Florida. So my wife is freelance, yeah. so she's going to stay for a month with my parents, who have a place down there. What? Yeah. I didn't know she was gone that long. Yeah, I know. She's gone for a month. Oh, dude, that's yeah. wicked. Well, it's perfect. <laughs> and I said, please stay down there because we're getting renos done, and this would be bad to have around a baby. And also, I want to be Red Dead Redemption, too. Yeah. Yeah, that, too. No, But, but also, I can't stand up in his basement. So, uh, <laughs> but I can. But God, that's true. <laughs> I can barely stand up in this basement. Listen, I'm not that's inviting funny. people over. I don't over. know I'm how just you're living. It. Oh, I'm loving it. It's great. But anyway, the I wake up with Do three minutes cook left on to a go. Hot plate? No, a microwave, man. Get the microwave. It's all I need. <laughs> cook. You're living in the dorm. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. If you must know, I've, this is more interesting. If you must you know, you stressed about exams, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is there a tie on the door? No, no. If you, you must know, I. Food prepped the entire week before the kitchen was ripped out. So you full full disclosure, my kitchen had some pretty rats. serious water issues. I made that up. Uh, and at one point did have rats. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, we found that out after as we opened up the fridge and found, or not fridge, opened up the, uh, you know, pulled it all up and found turds all over the floor. Um, turds. And it hadn't been done, Shit. I want to say, I, 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 like we found a calendar behind our cabinets was from 1986. So that means it fell back there in 1986. That doesn't. That means that the kitchen was already done. That so that kitchen is at least that old. Yeah, that kitchen is you know at least 35, 40 years old. So it was time. And um, and anyway, so we were finding that it was falling apart, and my dishwasher was detaching from its spot on the thing. And we realized that when we pulled it out, there was a previous water leak issue that didn't currently exist that rotted away the thing that keeps your countertop up. And so what happened was it rotted away and it sort of just sat there between the fridge and the microwave and it was only held up by the fact that the two of them pushed together, not microwave, um, um, dishwasher, and it and, was falling out of its spot. Anyway, we... And Ilya Mikheyev is going to come over and fix it? Ilya Mikheyev came over and we heated up soup in the microwave. No, what happened was I woke up at... Uh, so I food prepped anyway and, that's, and I've been leaving all my food at work. So I eat my food, Do you, or, and I bring it home. The, I, I like this part of the story because now you understand how this man is living. Oh yeah, yeah. squalor, utter <laughs> exactly. squalor. Exactly. Well, yeah, because the basement is falling apart and covered in rat shit, <laughs> and he's living under it yeah. in a basement that he can't stand up in with his TV and dogs. And I brought his the 1986 ca calendar. I brought the couch. <laughs> I brought the couch. So anyway, the dogs, the dogs are good. But um, I uh, I woke up with three minutes to go. About three minutes, like three forty-five, something like that. In the game, in the game, and yeah. Said, what? Yeah, it yeah. was it was four three at this point, and I went, oh my god. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch this, and of course, Ilya Mikheyev does the thing that he did, and what blew me away about him was not just the intelligence of the play that he made. You know, they're down a man, mm -hmm. uh, net's empty, um, they've got an opportunity like Buffalo's got an opportunity to get in tight when you get in tight on the Leafs the Leafs have a really hard time getting you away Buffalo mm -hmm. figured that out after the first period they yeah once really you put the press on them the down low the Leafs are pretty easy yeah. to push around but what he did was he kept his man high and he was aggressive enough to get in his face and make him screw up and that's what the Leafs I, I want to see them do that more because they have the speed to be able to force mistakes out of people sometimes you're going to get burned for it but he was able to get 
position-wise in a spot where he could force a mistake and probably still be in position. And then the, the ability to chip the puck around a guy and beat him to it, given that that guy had to turn around and skate. The fact is, the, the, the defenseman, and I forget who it was for Buffalo, didn't have, a, the he didn't have a chance. McCabe's mm-hmm. yeah. that fast. McKay? and you don't... No, it was uh, Darlene. Oh, was it Darlene? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's even more impressive. Yeah. Yeah, like, like McCabe is extremely fast for such a big person. And you don't really get to see it all the time. You don't get to see people's... You get to see their quickness, but you never get to see their straightaway speed. And watching that, it was like, wow, he... Every stride he got, you could see it get further and further and further away. It's surprising, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kapanen, Mikheyev, and Engvall all do things that at first glance you go, no, 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 why are you doing that? And it's because they have the confidence. And the speed. And the speed. They, they, yeah. they, they, they're fast and they know how fast they are. Yes. They do things that aren't necessarily smart. Like with Kapanen, they'll ice the puck all the time because he's going to win. He's going to win the race. Yeah. And that's what Mikheyev did. Yeah, and I, by the way, total aside... I thought Kapanen looked pretty good alongside uh, Matthews and Elander. He's he's the whipping boy right he, now. On the yeah. but on the uh, the fourth three goal, the goal in Buffalo that made it the three. Which goal was that? The Ocposo one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Kapanen gives up on that play, and he's he's lazily skating to the net while the puck's going there, and then Matthews drifts behind. Him. Yeah, I like, can't I, I can't picture it. I was too rage blackout about friggin' Ocposo, of course, after the Dermot hit right, getting that right. goal. I, I saw that, and I just didn't like that play. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, I'll take your word for it. That sticks remember. in my memory because that leads to a goal. It's right. like, right, you can make a million mistakes, but if they don't lead to goals, then they're okay mistakes. Also, after Matthews' th- uh, second goal, Kapanen looked like sad. <laughs> On the ice, <laughs> did you notice that? Yeah, he wasn't like yeah. jumping up and down. There he is with his cool celly, and here <laughs> I am lying down. Bullshit. <laughs> 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 Rejoice, Cappy, you're up. Yep. So yeah, he's he's kind of been the Twitter with him. Yeah, he has, yeah. but you know what? I liked him. I liked him along that thing, but McKayev gets my crown. Jesse. This crown is about living generously. Mm. Actually, it's about, well, yeah, no, it's about life treating you royally, too. Let's not forget that. Oh, yeah, life treating you royally. Yeah. Like when you score a goal mm-hmm. because someone had an amazing zone entry and was able to keep the puck onside mm. and feed you the puck because mm. he is so generous. Mm. That he, all he gets is apples. Such a Calgarian Swede. Such a Calgarian Swede. My crown goes with William Nylander. For, oh, yeah. For his little play there at, at, uh, at the blue line to keep the puck onside and feed it to Matthews. Because life's about living generously. And when you live generously, you feed other people the, the, the goals. I, so good for him. I <laughs> was surprised that he was able to get it across the line and onside. I was yeah. more surprised that he still had it. That he kept control of the puck. How did he pull that off? Yeah, yeah I don't know. And then feeding Matthews, who just victimized Connor Sherry, poor guy. <laughs> he, what are you going to do? I was talking about it in the video today. Like, How do you defend that? Because Sherry is preparing for Matthews to do what Matthews does, which is rip it between the defender's legs, and that's who Sherry was. He doesn't do that. He's frozen in complete flamingo mode. Uh, Allmark is literally falling backwards because mm-hmm. he thought that too. He's a monster, man. He is. 21 goals. It's not even Christmas. And Allmark, who had an amazing game. He w- and allowed four goals. Hey, yeah. hang on. You let know? me jump in for a second. That's who wore the crown for this week. Mm-hmm. Brought to you, as always, by Crownwell. Next time the puck drops, why not live generously? And why treat, not? Treat your friends <laughs> <laughs> to a Crown Royal old-fashioned. Okay, so um, with the Leafs. Why does Allmark always does play a good game against the Leafs? I don't know what it is. That first save was unbelievable. Uh, the one on, on Barry? Uh, on Barry. Oh, oh my God. Shit. The face Barry made? 
Yeah. <laughs> so like, Tyson yeah, Berry. <laughs> Tyson Berry was second in all scoring chances last night to John Tavares. Wow. Really? Tavares was another guy. He couldn't buy one. No. Yeah. No. And Mitch Marner was lucky to get an assist, but it. Uh, he seemed like a guy that. <laughs> if he keeps playing this way, he's gonna he's gonna like blow people out. Like he's gonna blow up. Who's it's, this? Marner. Oh, Marner. Marner oh, and Tavares God. were on fire last night, and it was Linus Allmark that kept saying, "No, no, not gonna not gonna be tonight. Uh, not against me. No. Not against me." But I I wondered about um, there was a lot going into the game about Austin Matthews, and when he's good, he's good, and when he's bad, he's not. Mm-hmm. And and it was funny because Jeff O'Neill's like, when he gives an A effort, it's an A plus game. When he doesn't, it's a Z. And it was like, whoa, holy. I mean, it was harsh, a bit harsh. And Jeff um, rightly speaks in very quotable language, right? Bad like, guy. Yeah, like Jeff is, you, right. you, 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 cannot, you cannot help it. He's the kind of person that you walk into a room and who, if he's talking, everyone's listening. He just mm-hmm. has that magnetism. He speaks like a novel. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like every sentence is kind of crafted. It's it's very interesting. Even though it's just blurted out of his head, right? right. Yeah, like you don't you didn't think about it, but you know, but he's right, and and it's well, funny that when, that when, a guy with twenty one goals, yeah. Leafs can, Leaf fans can be and Leafs media can be so hard on a guy with twenty one goals before Christmas. Here, let me forty what? on pace for forty nine. Is yeah, he's on pace for on pace for forty nine. Yeah, I was yeah. just about to do. Oh, that. that's what you, I, no, I read it today. Yeah, on pace for forty nine wow. goals. Now, think about that, <laughs> and it's funny because if you have any superstar in on any team. There are nights where they're just not as good. Like, if you watch, if you're an Edmonton fan and you watch the game against the Leafs. did McDavid, McT- well, he almost had the one goal. But yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah. He didn't look best player in the world. Sure. So there are going to be games where guys are just not the best player that they are capable of being. Has Matthews been that too much, or are we just hyper-focusing on it? Someone uh, left a really good comment on my YouTube video today, which was... That's right. Hey, you cuck. I know, it was, hey, you uh, suck and your dogs are ugly. Mm. Um, but Have the one ever, under that... Have you ever gotten a comment <laughs> like that? Have you actually ever gotten a comment like that? No. Oh, Do you I mean, remember probably. when you did the video when your dogs uh, were good dogs and you made good picks? Yeah. And, and everybody were... ripped your dogs for picking the treats? <laughs> <laughs> only my right hand, because... Because they're stupid. <laughs> and I shouldn't have done something more fair. Everyone's like, these picks aren't right. What's the point of this video if it's not fair? <laughs> they just pick from Shut that hand. <laughs> Shut up. Um, where was I going? Oh, yeah, the comment. Matthews, so I was praising him, obviously, for having a really good game. And they said, Matthews is an elite goal scorer, not an elite player. There is a difference. Hmm. And I thought that was interesting, and my initial instinct was to go, <laughs> and then I went, eh, okay, fair. At times, fair. Mm. He is, you know what, for his age, like, what is he, 22? Mm-hmm. Like, to be 22 and already an elite goal scorer? All right, that's pretty good. Now we're working on the elite player thing. And, yeah, he's looked pedestrian at times. Yeah, he leaves something to be desired defensively even sometimes. Especially, but... Even on the power play, where you're like, if you talk about Austin Matthews, you're like, like anybody looking from the outside looking in must be like, well, you know, he probably scores a lot on the power play, like goal scorers do. He had twelve last year, yeah. which is fine. But like out of thirty-four goals, it's great that he scores a ton five on five. It's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. But imagine he was able to do that and the power play. It matters, man. It ma- the Bruins were. I'm sorry. What? It doesn't matter that much. No. You're, well, the Bruins made it to the Stanley Cup final. You could argue they were the second best team in the NHL, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think. 
they were neck and neck. It was it was a group of about eight teams, but the Bruins just had the best power play. Yeah, they killed you. They killed the Leafs. That's that was the deciding factor. The Leafs year. made it easy on them, though. They sent a guy with a knee and a half. Well, there was to, that. To, who doesn't take faceoffs to take faceoffs? No, that was the right idea. It was smart. Uh, anyway, where I was going with that, but under Keefe, uh, which by the way, the Leafs are eight and four under Sheldon Keefe. Is that good? It's good. Um, I noticed more of an effort out of Matthews. I kept seeing people go, "What can he throw a hit?" He is. If you don't think Matthews is trying to throw a hit, you're not watching. You got to watch him a little more closely. He's trying. And I noticed at the end of last year, it was all I could talk about how Matthews is trying to be more physical. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It's coming. But he's 22 years old. And he was tasked with being a superstar immediately <laughs> in his NHL career. Yeah. With a coach that he clearly like, hated. I, I wonder what would happen if, you know, Austin Matthews, the fully developed guy at 27, gets to play with the next Austin Matthews, but that guy's 18. And how much that guy, how much leeway that guy will get. Because Austin Matthews is already the fully developed star that the Leafs really didn't have up until Tavares. You know I what just, I mean? I just think of all the in-season improvements. Like, you're, you're like Matthews at 27. I'm like, how about Matthews at like 22 and Tavares at 29? How yeah. about right now? How about right now? How about what's going on right now? Well, and, and it's it, it does look good. And it's nice to have that Hyman-Marner... Uh, 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 Hyman Marner Tavares line together again because they are they do seem like they're clicking, mm-hmm. um, and with Matthews I just feel like him and Nylander last year really didn't get a fair shake because Nylander just wasn't Nylander. No, and, and that really yeah that wasn't good for Matthews season either. No, and he and he still scored thirty four goals. Yeah, in an off year because he's an elite goal scorer. Yeah, and he missed what he only played sixty something games. Yeah. He missed like a month because of the Truba hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, he's he's elite. Yeah. He's elite. So are they are people being too hard on him or is it impatience? Ah, uh, no. You ask for and receive eleven point six three four million dollars. Uh, people have unrealistic expectations of you. I haven't heard people be over the moon about how good Panarin is, because Panarin's making eleven point six million dollars as well. You make eleven point six million dollars. Shut up and score. If yeah. you have an elite night, that's breaking even. I haven't you heard anybody say, except for total idiots online, I haven't heard anybody complain about the Matthews contract, though. Mm, at times. Like, but and rarely. Panarin, by the way, has 43 points already in 20, you're in 33 games. Why isn't it 45? <laughs> Why isn't it 50? <laughs> he's so freaking good. Know, it's but, stupid. But to have the season he's having, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I never hear anyone talk about Panarin. I never, the number one guy I hear talked about on the Rangers is Georgiev. Yeah, well, that's because you're in Toronto. Because in Toronto, well, mm-hmm. and Toronto fans want him. There is, but, but you feel like the Panarin season is just expected, so no one's freaking yeah. out about it. Yep, you make eleven. It's plus only million dollars. it's Go only a story. It's only a story if he underperforms. Right. There can't be a story where you outperform that contract. It just doesn't. Happen. Unless you're Connor McDavid, which because he's kind of yeah. But that. even then, no one references his contract. No one's like like people will it's say, true. well, he's still a steal at twelve and a half, which. Fine. Okay. You can make whatever argument you want. I, I don't really need to debate that. But you rarely hear people just naturally bring it up. Whereas right. if you hear, when you when you talked about Zaitsev in this market, people be like, and he makes four and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. Be like, sucks, 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 and four and a half million dollars that could go to somebody good. Look at what Cody Cece is. Again, another four and a half million dollar defenseman that people are like, oh, 
And I don't hear them saying that about Muzzin. People think he's got about market value. I, I definitely don't hear that about Morgan Riley. So what a what a flip and steal that is. <laughs> Some people are harder on him. On Morgan Riley, I, he's had a tough season. IMO, IMHR. Yeah, uh, agreed. But it's never it's never like he's underperformed his contract. Does that make sense? Right. He's never been at least a five million dollar player. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. So I guess I guess when you get to that level, it's just impossible to. To outperform mm-hmm. your deal. And, McDavid, I don't know if you've noticed this, not on pace for 160 points anymore. <laughs> oh, what a Him shame. And dry saddle. Who knew that 25 minutes a night would <laughs> slow them down? Who would have thought having the best season since 1995 or something like that was yeah. unsustainable? Since Mario Lemieux. Yeah, yeah, like Lemieux and Yager. Mm. Oh, well. We'll ask Mork about it. Yeah, I want to ask Mark about it, Mork. actually. Um Beyond that, you know, the, the Leafs under Sheldon, Sheldon Keefe himself said he, he didn't think that the Leafs have become yet. They're in the, they're in the next phase of it, but they're, they've got another few steps to go before they come the te- become the team he truly envisions. And I wonder, for the first 30 minutes of last night's game, did we see a good chunk of what that's going to look like? Because they, until they let Buffalo back in the game, it sure looked pretty strong. It's, it's so different. The Leafs were playing from behind. For so much of... The start of this year. I mean... 17 of 21 games? October mm-hmm. and November. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Not just the first period, though. Like Second period, third period, you know, final five minutes. Now it seems they are protecting a lead almost every single game. They've won four of their last five, and the one that they lost, they had a lead heading into the third period. The reason we talked about it so much is, ah, they blew it! You know? So that, to me, is... That's the baby step. That, to me, though is them getting back to what they were. They were always the team that had the lead and had to defend it and struggled to do it. And what I'm interested to see is how Sheldon Keefe uh, makes them a stronger shutdown team. Maybe they just don't. Maybe the way you shut them down is you keep pressing. Yeah, maybe that's it. I I, I think it's unfair to ask this team to defend. It's the Marlies. That's not what they're meant to do. Anyone who watched them will tell you they were a carnival at times. And yeah, they coughed up their fair share of big leads, and I remember a game a few years ago, Marlies were losing eight four in the third. Nylander scored the overtime winner nine eight because of the Miners. But did they win? They won. And that's that's the thing when you ask when you were asked what Mike Babcock was asking those te- those players to do was things that they just were not capable of. He was trying to institute what he wanted in the last ten minutes of the third period for the entire mm-hmm. game. And I don't think it makes any sense to like to switch what you're good at for a 10-minute period of a game to try to defend something that you've already achieved. And you notice why Keith, wouldn't you just keep pressing them? You keep Keith, the puck. Uh, put Matthews out there for the Hattie. Mm-hmm. He's done that a couple times recently. Because hey, he hasn't had there. a Hattie since his first NHL game. Yeah, get out there. Well, Matthews. he's technically never had a hat trick if you because you don't count four goals as a hat trick. You don't? You don't no, count the mystery? The no. third goal is the hat trick goal. That's a hat trick. No, he passed the hat trick. No. So it's stop it. Austin Matthews. Stop it. You are All not those people gonna... wasted their hats. Is that it, Jesse? <laughs> here's, here's a hill. I'm walking up. <laughs> I'm walking up it. And okay, do you, do now you hear you've that? you've taken two strides right at the top. <laughs> I'm about to die on it. <laughs> All right, Austin Matthews scored four goals in his first game. That is not a hat trick. A hat trick is three goals, and then that's it. What he if has, you score six? 
You got six. It's not, it's, that's two hat tricks. You have to end the game with three goals. No, Jesse. Okay. That's, a, that's how a hat trick. No, what works. a hat trick. No, what Austin Matthews did was he had a hat trick. Everybody yeah. threw their hats and he came out for an encore. And that's sure. So that's that doesn't make no. It doesn't negate the, no, he, the when, initial when hat trick. When he had three in the game, that at that <sighs> point he had a hat trick, and then he moved on from it, and now we got four. Whatever oh. a quad is. I don't know what it's called, but like if you do if you do uh, quad in figure skating, a top hat trick. They don't say, "Oh, you did three plus one, you you get the triple." No, you did a quad. So if you got four in the game, you got four. No one throws Not shit three. on the ice in figure skating, Jesse. They they do. Uh, they actually do actually, every time. Actually, at the end, yeah, that's yeah, true. They throw, yeah, they throw well, everything. Okay, you made I just think point. he finished the game with four. Whatever yeah. number you finish with, that's your what you got. I hope you score four at Easter Seals, and everyone's got to get their hat back. You don't take it back. <laughs> it happened. Oh, so no, give it back. <laughs> give it, it back. Happened. It's just not what you... He didn't end the game with a hat trick. He ended with four. Matthews has never scored a hat trick in uh, at the Scotiabank Arena or Air Canada Centre. Okay, he's never scored one ever in the NHL. <laughs> he scored four goals in Ottawa that one time. Yeah. Most reasonable people <laughs> call it a hat trick. Most do. No, because he, he scored four. He scored, he scored one in Toronto. During okay. a preseason game against Montreal, Al Montoya was in net. Rico Coliseum. He's got to oh, get no one way. in that barn. Oh, He's no got to get one in this building. This one. CTV. Right now. This what? isn't CTV. In front of us. This isn't? This is Bell Media Radio's friend. Well, Why did you know. call it CTV? I don't know. Because it's that's across the street. Yeah, that's no, the, that's, that's the that's next that building way. over. That's the uh, next uh, building uh, in the uh, complex. Uh, we, sir. And with the car. Our iHeartRadio Canada. Yeah. Oh, which you can Thank listen you. to the show on. You can. You could. Yeah, actually, yeah. Somebody did message me, and they're like, "Hey, I'm listening to you on iHeartRadio." I'm like, "Good. That was the intention." Yeah, that's why we're on there. <laughs> <laughs> they're stealing our content. Can you imagine? It's like, no, we will take your podcast and also host it on our site. What? Uh, uh, I just um, think it's absurd to call it a hat trick when he scored four goals. Jesse, your existence is absurd. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here and it happened. He scored four goals and it's not three, wow, so okay. whatever. All right. I, I don't like this. I'm going to leave your body on that hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't there's, blame some, you. there's certain hills I don't want to fight to kill anyone on, no. you know? <laughs> if you're going to die on this hill, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to avoid the hill. It's I'm just not even going to attend a funeral. <laughs> if Adam was on the beaches of Normandy, we would have left him in the sand. That's right. Wow. <laughs> wow. I would have asked you to. So I don't want that's in the, if that's the hill if that's waiting for me no thanks <laughs> yeah not for him jeans in the freezer he'll die there yeah. he sleeping in unfinished basement with dogs he's got lives for that yeah exactly I got time for that Four honestly hat tricks not being hat tricks you should see the no. kitchen Four I put together it's pretty trick. sweet come up with a different name no it's pretty sweet and I got like shelves I never want to come over ever again <laughs> well what do you come you can't fit. You can't come over to anything. Oh, I have, a, true. I, I have a big basement. You just can't stand up straight in it. <laughs> hey, Adam, if you want to like come over to my uh, house, you can. Ah, oh, it's okay. Do you have your passport? Ah. Do you have your passport right Yeah, I know. To go to Oshawa? <laughs> go to Listen, Oshawa. <laughs> we have an airport, okay? We are not Winnipeg. We have an airport. No, in all honesty, what, what complicates things is when you get a second dog, when you have fun, one dog, it's fine. When you get a second dog, then people are like, oh. So I never ask people to come stay over because I have mm. two dogs. Um, but also, uh, I, I'm sleeping in my own basement and doing my own thing. It's sweet. I love it. I love it. Are your dogs, uh, like cantankerous? No. They're the quietest yeah. dogs. No, they don't, like, stab themselves with sticks or anything? <laughs> Not like yours, no. Fuck. Iggy is, he's, Stupid. he's, he's like a happy 18-wheeler. Like, he's just... <laughs> 
He just is like the freight train that will not stop. That's wearing the biggest smile. He's the. It's hilarious. He. I literally saw just a streak of white, like I always do at the dog park, except there was like a little streak of red as well. Mm. And he's just like pouring blood as he's running by. And you think How it was the time of his life? You think it was a stick? It was either he got attacked by a squirrel or he impaled himself on a stick. He probably just ran by a stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, probably like, scratched him on the way. Like, like the British horses in Braveheart. <laughs> running into the pikes. Uh, I, uh, I, okay, so fun story. I threw Braveheart? a stick once. Yes, just like that, actually. I threw a stick once, and my dog, Bindi, loves chasing sticks. So I was throwing yeah. sticks. Uh-huh. But it was in early spring last year, and the stick went into the earth and stuck out like a pike. Oh, no. And Bindi ran... And oh, missed no. it, and it hit her right in the chest. Now nothing happened. Yeah, but it was like a, it like bounced off her chest, like an arrow. Yeah, and then she went, she went, Arr! and then and then turned around and like you know when kids fall in the playground and they run towards their parents. Yeah, and they, so they they're crying and they think they're hurt, but they're not really that hurt. Yeah. And you can tell because they're yelling. Did she give you she give the paw. They run. So she cried all the way up. She went. She turned. She looked at me. And went oh, and then she cried all the way. Like and every time the paw touched the ground, it was like oh. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, "Oh my God, you are a toddler! Holy crap!" Anyway, boring, da- boring Batman story. I-, I bet there's a bunch of people in the comments right going right now, going, "Oh, that's crazy! No, <laughs> that's crazy!" <laughs> I- I've been getting a bunch. Of Have you? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, should we bring on Mark Spector? Yes. Yeah. Three o'clock. The- look at the time. Let's do it. Check out the big brain on bread. All right, the book is called Road to Gold. By Mark Spector. That's right, Sportsnet's Mark Spector, the untold story of Canada at the World Juniors. And welcome for the first time to the Steve Dangle Podcast, Mark Spector! Mark. Honor to be here, gentlemen. Nothing short of an honor. Now, you didn't have to lie to us right off the top, Mark. Come on. <laughs> so, so okay, we gotta we gotta ask you because this is this is one of the things we were talking about this before the show. Canada has this amazing history of losing, or sorry, winning at the World Juniors, but also they lose spectacularly. Does your book get into the winning side or the losing side, or both? Uh, both, I would say. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The the you know because it is like it's sort of like the Leafs. There's so <laughs> much focus on everything they do that there's no winning quietly and there's no losing quietly, right? So you know, just as. John Slaney scored that unbelievable goal, or Jordan Eberle scored his unbelievable goal. I had a long talk with Luongo about this guy in net. The Russian puck flew past him in overtime in the little game. I think that was in Winnipeg, and you know, like the poor kid was crying, lying on the ice, balling, and we got the net cap on him right in his face. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with it's never been pretty to lose at the World Junior if you're a Canadian. Yeah, that was that was something that struck me because I've had the opportunity to cover a couple, and I was at the the awful one in Saskatoon where John Carlson broke everyone's hearts and ruined what would have been Jordan Eberle's crown jewel even better than the five point four because he scored those two goals to tie it. And after the game, uh, we're talking to Brandon Cozen. Remember him, Speck? Yep, I remember Brandon Cozen. And. You know, there's this story with him. I think he was born in California, so he was born American, playing for Canada, loses to the Americans, and we're like 20 seconds deep into this interview. And I think everyone at the same moment sort of turned to each other and was like, we're talking to children here. And, yeah. and like he's in the middle of crying. What, what, was the, what was the hardest thing to write in your book about the World Juniors? Um, 
you know what? I'm going to have to rephrase it a little because, like, I, none of it was heat of the moment. I'm talking to guys mostly years later. Right. But one of the coolest things was last year in Vancouver, you'll remember that in overtime, uh, the Canadian captain, Maxime Comtois, yep. had a uh, penalty shot. Yes. In overtime against Finland mm-hmm. in a quarterfinal game. So it's, it's lose and you go home. And he didn't make the penalty shot. He was foiled on it. And very shortly thereafter, the Finns went down and scored this incredibly lucky bounce goal. And we're out, man. That's and it. And Comtois, you know, the wrath of Canadian social media came down on this poor Comtois kid. And they beat him up for days. On, you know, in a foolishly stupid way, which really describes Twitter perfectly. Oh. And I had a long talk with him about what it was like to be that guy, you know, who took, who jumped over the boards and said, I'll take this shot. And I talked to Connor McDavid about being that guy, and I talked to Sid Crosby about being that guy. And, you know, McDavid said so perfectly, he said, hey, sure, there's four or five guys on that team that want to take that shot. But he says, there's a dozen guys who are burying their heads when the coach hmm. is looking around. They want no part of that shot. So, you know, we do put a lot of pressure on these guys, and the and the players that take it on the most, you got to have respect for them, even when they fail. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember the the hate for that. I couldn't believe that he was like he was a trending topic almost immediately, and then you looked at the the the, the vitriol. The it was so crazy that people. You, you sort of expect that city to city in the NHL, right? You expect that a little bit, like, ah, we're, t-, you know. But you never really expect Canadians the whole country. to be so mad at a guy missing a penalty shot, which is basically a coin flip. It's, it's surprising um, that, it, uh, really surprising that the reaction came the way that it did. And Mark, you know, one of the things about Canada at this tournament, and, uh, and I mean, you know a hell of a lot more about it than I do, is there seems to be that sort of pressure following them around everywhere they go from the second that the cameras are at their door when they get the phone call from their coach right because they've got you know tv cameras at the door going hey how's it feel and it's like 6 a.m there seems to be this elevated status that these guys have for 30 days there are there are like nhl level stars for 30 days and everybody's following them around and getting getting to know them and finding about their history what kind of effect do you think that has on a 16 17 18 year old and wasn't in crosby's case didn't he almost make it at 15 Something like, like that, It was yeah. some crazy thing. What do you think that, how does that affect them? Well, you know, I asked a bunch of guys that question. Basically, it boils down to, you know, we have this gold or bust philosophy, right? We've all heard that before. Gold or bust. And we've even watched Team Canada's at various levels who find themselves in a bronze medal game because they lost the semi. And... On many occasions, we have barely played. Like in that game, our teams are lousy. They don't care. They're not pl- interested in playing for bronze. I believe uh, there is an Olympic team that that fell under that. To- yes. So mm-hmm. you know, I asked Carter McDavid. I asked Sid Crosby. I asked Jerome McGinley. And you know, Jerome McGinley put it really well. He said, "The program of excellence." He says, "They get us going when we're 16 years old in this thing, right? The best guys." start on the U-17s and then the U-18s. And he says, that's how it is when you play for Canada. You're supposed to win. And we embrace that. And he said, that's the culture so that when we're walking out of that dressing room in overtime in Vancouver 2010 in the Olympics, right, and almost all those guys on that team Canada had been through the program of excellence. He said, 
we're going out in that overtime, and we're going to win, right? We've been steel for this thing. We're ready for it. And if you don't start it when they're kids, he says, you're never going to learn it. So none of those guys thought it was too much pressure. Connor McDavid said, absolutely not. That's how players should learn. That should be the expectation. And I'm kind of like you guys. I thought it's a little bit too much pressure. But the guys who have been through it, none of them agree. Wow. Okay. That's <laughs> because when you say that, the the program of excellence, I'm half like, hell yeah, go Canada. And the other half of me is like, that sounds like a cult. It feels Soviet-ish. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. Um, I want to know, did you speak to uh, any non-Canadians for this? And what's their perception of our weird little country and program? <laughs> you know what? I didn't. When I did the, the, when I did the chapter on Piastani... Oh, yeah. uh, I had a lot of stories relayed to me from people that were close to the Russians, but there's a couple of Russian guys on that team who could never find them. So I would, Valerie Zelopukin was one of the guys. He was in on that Russian team. But uh, fortunately, my answer to you is no. I didn't spend a lot of time talking to guys from other countries uh, because this was a book about Canada. Right, okay. Right, uh, but... That is a big part of uh, Canadian World Junior history. For some of the younger listeners, can you explain what happened there? Yeah, like a giant brawl where they turned out the lights, and, you know, it was a 20-on-20. 20 20. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a real thing. That is literally, well, and both countries got disqualified, did they not? Yeah, right. So well, the, the short, quick story is basically it was the last game of the tournament, if Canada won by five goals, they'd win the gold medal. The Russians were done. So all they had to play for was screwing it up for Canada. So they came out. They were chippy. They were cheap. They were very disappointed them in themselves, and their coaches were disappointed in them. So right away, Canada had this weird opponent that had nothing to lose. And let's fast forward. All of a sudden, there's a couple fights on the ice. Two Russian guys jump off the bench. The entire Canadian team follows them. So now it's a bench-clearing brawl. But I talked to Brendan Shanahan for a really long time. He was in this brawl, right? <laughs> and the cool thing was this, and I never knew. He said, like, we all came from these junior teams in Canada, so we knew how bench-clearing brawls went. Like, the fighters fight, maybe there's four or five real fights, and then all the other guys kind of grab a partner that's, you know, their level of player, and they all kind of stand around and watch, right? <laughs> and yeah. that's, how we, that's how we did it in Canada for all those years. So there's really only four or five fights. They probably throw a couple guys out, and then they resume the game, and everybody else gets to play. But in this brawl, the Russians had no idea how to do a bench-clearing brawl. They had no clue. And what they thought was, every guy has to fight. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> every guy. So every Russian guy comes over the over the boards looking to fight somebody. And not only that, they don't know how to fight because they have they didn't play Canadian junior hockey, right? They don't fight. So they're kicking and they're they're like when they went down, they got up swinging, like the fights went on forever and it was dangerous as hell. Guys were stepping on each other and it was a real 20 on 20 and it was Absolutely. Shani said it was the craziest brawl I'd ever been in, and he'd been in a whole bunch of them. Yeah. So by the time it ended, it wasn't anything like Canada. They kicked both all the teams out. Both teams got kicked out at the end of the game. The Canadians went back to their room going, okay, you know what? Let's cool down. We'll go out there and beat these guys. Well, 
that was it, man. The end of the game, and it was over. Wow. I, I think it's uh, <laughs> it's a little tough to come back when they shut the lights off. I can't believe that happened like that recently. Like I, It's one thing when Jeff Merrick is showing you black and white tape of them. Who is, uh, who is the, he's the Wikipedia of NHL fights. Uh, just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they're playing God Save the Queen and, you know, sending the police onto the ice. I can't believe they had to sh- turn the lights off for this thing. That's got to be the weirdest moment in Canadian World Junior history, right, Mark? Well, like, and you know what? It made us, re- it made Canadians in Canada really look at, like, what we're doing here, right? We're these passive Canadians, we use the word sorry more than any other nation, you know, our, our naval fleet is smaller than the amount of submarines in West Edmonton Mall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a big right? mall. <laughs> it is a big, you know, it is a big mall. So we're this, we're this passive-friendly country, and then you put hockey sticks in our hands, and we're the only people that have brawl protocol. Yeah. You know, they... The European refs didn't know what the hell to do. The organizers didn't know what the hell to do. The Russians didn't know what the hell to do. But us Canadians, we've refined hockey fighting to the point where we've got protocol. So I think we kind of looked at ourselves after that and said, you know what, maybe we should figure this out. Very shortly thereafter, guys, the NHL put in a rule where they find coaches and suspended players who came over the bench. So they effectively ended bench-clearing brawls right after Piastani. And frankly, the only cool thing was Luke Richardson fought in that Piastani brawl. <laughs> then he goes, he gets kicked out like everybody. He goes home to the OHL. His first game back, bench clearing brawl. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Mark, to your mind, who's the best? What's the best year of Canadian talent that ever went? And did they win? Oh, it's for sure. The group in North Dakota in uh, 2005, right? That yep. was the lockout year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's on the cover of my book. Like you look at those guys huddled around the net, around the the net, and you look at the names on their back. It's like Patrice Bergeron, Jeff Carter, Corey Perry. Uh, you know who else did we have on that team? Dion Mike Richards, Dion Phaneuf, Shea Weber, Andrew Ladd, right? Uh, all kinds of just the very best guys, guys that stalked our Olympic teams. Dion Phaneuf, did I mean? Oh, did I mention Sid Crosby was on that? Yeah, team? yeah, no kidding. Oh, right? that guy, <laughs> Sportsnet's own Anthony Stewart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was on it. He was on that team too. So that was the best team in World Junior history. They never lost a period. They never lost a game, and they'll never be a better team than that one. I'm here to tell you. Well, talking about uh, not the Canadian team, but going to one of Canada's teams. It looked like the Oilers were the best team in the world uh, for about nine games there when they went 7-1-1. One, and Yeah, one. no kidding. And it's been a bit of a tough go since. What's going on in Edmonton? Uh, they're, you know what? They're, there's a reason they missed the playoffs for 12 of the last 13 years, right? <laughs> Is there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's that? <laughs> Newsflash, right? They're yeah. not a powerhouse. Well. So then they bring in a new general manager. He's got no cap space. Pete Chiarelli butchered the team last year. And, you know, Ken Allen put a few players in here. He spent what little money he had. He brought in some guys for some depth. But they're, you know, they got two of the greatest players in the game in McDavid and Drysaddle, and they got a pretty nice defense going here and a little bit of goaltending. But they're going to have to fight like hell to make the playoffs. They're not an elite, elite team, not at this point. 
maybe they'll get there, but they're not there yet. Do you think that they're going to have the opportunity um, to add? Because they definitely need depth scoring. They, they they need scoring beyond the beyond the Cassian, Drysaddle, McDavid punch. Uh, do you think they're going to be able to add somebody and find a partner who can take on potentially some 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 bigger salary that maybe they need to shed? Well, that's a good it's it's a good question. I don't. How would I say? I think there's two sections here. If we get to the deadline and the Oilers are in a, looking like they could have a real good shot of making the playoffs, I think Ken Holland will just go out and find himself. Uh, he's looking for a third-line center. Mm-hmm. Like he'll be all over Jean-Gabriel Pajot, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what the price is on that player, but he'll be in on that. And he'll also be looking for, like, if you're ever going to split up McDavid and Dreisaitl, you've got to have more wingers. They don't have enough wingers here to split those guys up on a regular basis. So... I think that he will augment at the trade deadline for picks and prospects, and then come summertime when some cap space gets freed up, he'll probably go out and get a three and a half million, four million dollar, either center or winger, uh, who can make his team deeper and better. Hmm. Ignore whether or not it would have been the smart thing to do. Did you want Taylor Hall to come back to town just for the fun of it? Hmm? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like no, that they no were question. they were right in there. They were, but the you know what? Like, I'm not even sure what Arizona's doing necessarily, guys, because that trade is a trade you make when you're a Stanley Cup contender. Like, right. you give up a first, probably a second, three prospects. Like, that's a bold trade, man. You're giving up a lot of tomorrow for a guy that might not even play for you next September. With- so you got to be winning a cup to me and ready to win a cup. The Oilers aren't that team. They're not ready to win a cup. Right. And I'm not sure Arizona is. Do you think they are? Well, they have Stanley Cup experience in Phil Kessel, right? So. <laughs> Pedigree. Pedigree. Back to back. Actually, this is a good transition because uh, uh, Twitter has been begging me to ask you the question. There's one thing I know about Mark Spector, one thing in the world. And that is that he has a fiery hatred for the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> and I want to know why. What have they ever done to you? Is that actually true? Is that what people think? He hates them. Okay, Mark, do you hate the Coyotes? No, I don't hate them. <laughs> what? Hate them. <laughs> but Twitter told us that you yeah. do. <laughs> well, I, wrote a, I wrote a piece on how boring they've been throughout their existence. Does that count? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what? Like, I'll tell you, um, and... I'll argue my case, and no one can. No, I, I just did this FM station the other day in Phoenix, and this guy was going to take me apart. And I made my argument to him, and he couldn't. He had no. It, since they came into the league, the Arizona Coyotes are the third lowest scoring team in hockey. Whoa! If you break that down to tw- the last twenty years, third lowest. Last ten years, third lowest. So they never score. Okay, so that's fine. They never score. They don't score goals. So let's look at their attendance, right? How is hockey, the way they play it, sold in Arizona? I don't think I need to go much further down that road. We all know their attendance stinks, right? Yeah. So the league has been supporting this team for 20 years, and they finally bring in a guy like Taylor Hall because they're thinking we've got to score some goals. Just give me some – I don't like – I'm not into 2-1 hockey every night. Once in a while, sure, but yeah. not every night. So – 
Is that not fair? Well, I, I mean, yeah. You know, it's funny, Mark, to, to back up your point, I, I've told this on this show before, but um, for our honeymoon, my wife and I in 2018 went to, uh, went to Arizona, and we fly into Phoenix, and I asked the person at the car rental desk, and they, there's something about car rental desk people, they pretty much know where you should go, and where you should, they always give you a few recommendations. I said, you know where the hockey arena is from here? And she said, I have no idea. And I like, <laughs> right. it, it was almost as though she didn't know that Arizona has a team. How don't you know it as like a landmark? Mm-hmm. Right. But they just, okay. just no idea. So what about this old beauty? <laughs> well, the rink's not in Scottsdale, so nobody's going to the games. You know, there's like millions of people down there, man. And lots of them live within five miles of that arena. Yeah, you isn't know? Scottsdale like, like beautiful? Ever, have you ever been to Glendale? Have you ever been over to Surprise and Peoria and all those places on that side of the freeway? Like, there's millions of people living over there. But no one goes to the rink and they go, wow, you know, because the rink's not in Scottsdale. Well, like, the guy from Surprise, he's allowed to buy a ticket too, right? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they're so, cheap enough. And they're cheap enough. Yeah. No, are you kidding me? Twenty dollar bill gets you in that rink. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh yeah. I've yeah. always liked the Coyotes because they gave us the Wayne Gretzky head coach era, <laughs> which, which was such a failure that I like it. <laughs> yeah. Whenever anybody talks about Wayne Gretzky, that is suspiciously left off. Right. right? Nobody asks. It's what nobody interviews Wayne Gretzky and goes. So tell us about your time with the Coyotes. Which was like four years. Yeah, it was a long time. It's like when it's like Ric Flair's eighth comeback. You're like, that's enough, Rick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just stick. Just to talk rap about songs. the '80s. Talk about the '80s, man. Uh, yeah. Listen, listen. Uh, they're they're struggling to score goals. They're struggling to keep uh, uh, butts in seats and fill the arena. Uh, tell us what's going on in Edmonton. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> sorry, I had to get that in there for the Arizona. One, one question I, I really want to ask you about, and, and uh, Elliot Friedman um, <laughs> m- mentioned it in Thirty One Thoughts, is Darnell Nurse. He's got an extension that's due. What do you pay him? And you know, he's he's an unrestricted free agent in two years. So, do you go to arbitration with this guy this summer and do a short term deal until you can clear cap space? Or do you fight like hell to clear cap space and pay him now and try to get him on a long-term deal? Uh, no, no. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it always depends on how much the player's asking for. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm not erring on paying too much money to Darnell Nurse. I want to know. I, I'm still not sure what he is. Interesting. You know? Like, you only pay so much money for a real good defensive shutdown guy. If he just concentrates on defense, he's big and strong and skates great. He can shut you down. But there might not be many points there. He's hmm. still a player who, when he goes hunting for points, and when he uses that big, great stride and carries the puck to the other end, a lot of bad stuff happens defensively. <laughs> so. He's not, I don't know that he's the player he wants to be at. He was a 41-point player last year. He's not on pace for that again this year. So I, I, I'm a little concerned with, with looking at Darnell Nurse and putting a finished product on him. I'm not sure what it is, and I'm not paying him $6 million and then finding out later on that he's a $4.5 million defenseman. So I'm bridging him for a couple of years, and I'm taking my chances. And if all these defensive prospects in Edmonton come up and turn out to be really good, like they're hoping they will, I'm either going to trade one of them or I'm going to trade Nurse 
I'm going to trade somebody. Wow. You think uh, Nurse carries the physical burden of, of the team a little bit too much? He's got to be a top five guy in the league you don't want to fight. But also, yep. Yep. I feel like your enforcer shouldn't be a defenseman. <laughs> Especially a guy who's in your top four. Yeah, he's well, too important to the team to be off the ice that much. Ah, come on. How many fights do you Come on. There's Speck. There he is. <laughs> There he is. I was wondering what you were talking about. That. I, I, part of me was like, I just thought you might be like, you know what, Steve, you're right. Nah. Fighting is dying yeah. in this game, and, and we don't need it anymore. What a dummy. Well, I was no, wrong. my question is, it is dying in the game. How many fights a year would Darnell Nurse have? Yeah, maybe, I don't know, Four, seven or eight. Yeah. Five? Yeah. yeah. Like, so what? Yeah, it's not an ever game thing. What are your thoughts on, and I know that you and Eric Francis kind of split duties on this and and that sort of thing, but I do want to get your thoughts on the Flames of late. They're, you know, 8-2 and 0 uh, since Jeff Ward took over. Something like that, yeah. Um, And and it seemed like they always had the talent. The Bill Peters controversy aside, the Bill Peters-Akimalu thing aside, it seemed as though, before we knew what we know about Bill Peters now, that there would have been no way for the Flames to let him go, even though he clearly was not, or at least in my mind, at the time, was not the right coach for that team. His professional coaching record stunk. Did Do you think that Brad Treliving would have been able to make that change, A, and B, does it surprise you that the Flames have been as good as they've been? Well, I, you just described the dirty little secret that's hmm. getting revealed here in Calgary, right? Is Brad Treliving looked down at Bill Peters and said, Man, Goodrow's not playing for him, and our team's underachieving, and nothing's going up here. Remember, he came out, he did that public vote of confidence for Peter. Because he's saying, I just had 100 last year for me. I can't fire him. Like you know what, Mark? I got I to gotta stop you just because um, you're, we're losing you, and we, I, I'm getting pieces of what you're saying, and I'm dying to hear the answer. So you're just so you know, you're cutting out a little bit. I'm not sure if it's a... If, if there's a if there's a dead zone you're in or whatever, I just wanted to let you know. If we can you okay. a, let oh. me see if we can uh, change that. Is that is this any better? That's amazing, better. much better. Okay, much better. so let's Thank start you. from your answer again. Sorry, the dirty little secret. Well, that's, that's okay. It is. It's the dirty little secret in Calgary, right? It's hard to fire a coach that had 107 points for you last year. Yeah. So so you're looking at him and you're going, you know, I, I could go to ownership and say we're going to fire this guy, but geez, like that's not something a GM wants to do. And then along comes the whole Akeem LU controversy and the whole thing, and now Peters is gone, and they've got a new coach in there. The team is revitalized, and if this thing keeps up the way it looks like it's going, people are going to look back at that. as it, We all thought it might be a negative turning point for the Flames this season. It might turn out to be a positive turning point for the Flames. Seems like that. Who do you, who's your pick to come out of the West in the playoffs? Who do you like the, who do you like the best in the West? A central division team, whoever they are. <laughs> <laughs> Any one of them. If, if I had to pick one, uh, I'm going to go with Colorado. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> and it's you know, Colorado, uh, I really, you got to, you know what? The thing about St. Louis is they've made it through the toughest part of the schedule where, where Stanley Cup winners get bored and don't play very well. Mm-hmm. They're past that now, right? We're almost halfway through the season and they're playing great. Right. So you got to keep them in the mix here. They're a really, really, really good team. And, you know, I always look at Dallas. I always look at Dallas. I think they should be better than they are. And one of these days they got to be good, don't they? Well, I, you hope so because they're getting older. 
And they didn't get any younger by signing Pavelski this summer, but they're looking good. They're in their first. They're in a wild card spot with Calgary. They both. And both. they just fired their coach for mystery. Yeah, reasons. we don't know <laughs> the reasons for that either. We have no idea. <laughs> I was saying last show, like I didn't like how they executed it because it's like you know that board game. Guess who? Does he wear a hat? Flick, flick, flick. Was it this kind of misconduct? Flick, flick. I don't know why uh, the guessing game with that. You just kind of have to let it go. Yeah, I think when they fire me one day, they're going to say, we've fired him for non-journalistic reasons. Hey, <laughs> 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 hey, Mark, what are your thoughts on, and I don't know how much, I don't know how much Eastern Com- Conference hockey you're seeing, but like, you know, because it always comes back to Toronto. What are your thoughts on the Leafs and how the season's gone? They obviously let Mike Babcock go. They're now 8-4 and four under the new guy. Um, you know, what have you seen from the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and and actually, I want to compare, too, with the, with the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. You know, two teams that were pretty strong last year, Tampa far more strong. And and what are you seeing now that prevented them from being successful and, and then they changed since? Well, uh, for me, the Leafs, the, the biggest interest for me in watching the Leafs is Kyle Dubas and the whole program, right? Like, he's such a smart guy, and he's uh, I've met him several times. I have a ton of respect for him. He's clearly... Him and John Chaika are sort of the the flag bearers for the new young, uh, you know, analytics based general manager, right? And I say that respectfully, like they're both smart, smart cats, you know. And Dubas's program there is built like an analytics guy would build it, you know. They're, they, for instance, the 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 Kadri trade, you know, what you trade away in Kadri are all those things that you cannot quantify on some kind of a chart. You know, his abrasiveness and his, his, what he does to the opposition and, and the physicality of his play is, is the exact elements that the analytics movement has, A, I think, struggled to quantify. And some people in it, not all, some people in it disrespect those qualities. They go, ah, who cares if he hits? Well... I'm looking at a Leafs team now that's pretty light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at a Leafs team that, that needs to be able to, like, I watch them. I couldn't believe when they walked into St. Louis the other night and won, but that Boston-St. Louis team, to me, in Washington is a huge mismatch for, for Toronto. And I'm interested to see how, how Dubas sort of backs up a little bit and, and if he says, okay, you know what, it's, it is about analytics, but there's also got to be some old-time hockey in here because look at the teams that succeed. They're all big. They're all strong. They win their battles, and we're not winning enough battles right now to be one of them. Kadri mm. was such a tough one because he does all those things that you mentioned. He's actually an analytical darling. He's got really good underlying numbers. The trouble man, back-to-back playoffs with a suspension. Like he just, you can't have that happen a third time. You just, you just couldn't risk it. At that but, point, it's on the, it's on management. Yeah, if it happens again, you it immediately falls on Dubas because it's like you, well, that's fair. you knew. That's fair, but then I would suggest that you needed to replace him with a guy that brought a lot of what he had. That's mm. fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Absolutely, absolutely. And they 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 still might. I think there's this there's this hope in Toronto. I don't know. Darnell Nurse. Uh, no, well, Darnell Nurse. No, I think Wayne Simmons. Everybody in Toronto seems to hope and pray that Wayne. But Wayne's is he's a winger, and there's no need. There's that no room for five that. Five million bucks. Yeah, there's no way. Um, uh, and, and I guess, Mark, I got to ask you about you because one of the things that I love about you is you say what you think 
and people get really upset about it. Soft spoken. And yeah. <laughs> and you seem to be able to let it fly off your back like very few people. You know, it doesn't seem to bother you and I just wonder, you know, uh where 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 how you handle that because there's times where and I think the best uh, we can admit it on this show, there's times where you say something, it's unpopular, people are pissed off at you. Uh, and you're able to just smile about it, and the next day it's like, hey, whatever. Uh, and I, I really, I, I frankly admire that. Uh, so how do you do it? Well, you know what? I don't take myself too seriously for one. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm not right all the time. I'm like any guy out there making predictions. I'm wrong sometimes. But I think if you look, you know, I, I, I'm not keeping a scorecard here. I let it go. But I think if you look back on a lot of those unpopular things I've said, Lots of times they're right, you know? <laughs> and I think there's a, an old saying out there that says the truth hurts. Like, when I talk <laughs> about Arizona being boring, and I tell, tell you that they're the lowest-scoring team in hockey for a quarter century, and they're the lowest-drawing team for a quarter century, that's not opinion, gentlemen. That is pure fact. So guys don't want to hear those facts. I get that. But uh, listen, that's... Tough luck, pal. You know? <laughs> That's what I love. Mark. Listener Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. Truth hurts. <laughs> Mark Spector, yeah. uh, non-confrontational author, reporter. And one last question for you, because I know we've already held you for way too long, and I, I so appreciate you giving us the time, honestly. Um, is, Pleasure, boys. Pleasure. Is, uh, is um, uh, Steve Dangle. I'm asking about Steve, because I want to know <laughs> I'll take my what your off. perception of Steve, because Steve's a bit of a different animal. And in hockey and that sort of thing. And I want to know what your initial thought about what Steve was doing was and if that's changed at all or if it if it hasn't. Well, you know, it's funny because I've always had a very unpopular uh, expression out here of all the every time there's a free agent that's around available, you know, whether it's John Tavares or whether it's Drew Doughty, anytime there's a guy that grew up in in Ontario. Right, and he's coming towards you, UFA status. Uh, Steve Stamkos, remember all those? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. The, the Toronto media always talks about how he grew up a Leafs fan, and they trot out these pictures of a guy in Leafs jammies, and they actually did that with Tavares. Right, but I think the original guy in Leafs jammies was Steve Dangle. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think he is the original. Least jammy guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's original pajama boy. You can't put a price yeah. on comfort spec. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking about Steve Dangle before Steve Dangle was Steve Dangle, and I'm proud to say I feel like a little bit of a father now. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a disappointment. Western dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My Alberta dad. Well, Mark, it was a pleasure to finally get to talk to you. Um, and, uh, and please keep being you because man, it, it makes me howl with laughter. Uh, some of the things that people get upset about. Like uh, a coyote. I, first off, if, uh, can I just throw this out there too? If a guy on FM radio is talking about the coyotes, he has like no ratings, right? There's no way. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, like, yeah. Adam, how dare you? I'm sorry, but come on, come on. You're talking about, you're talking about the diamondbacks. You're talking about the Cardinals. You are not talking about the coyotes on FM sports talk. Get out of here. Yo, anyway, to some crazy. guy from Canada. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, listen, Mark, I, I, Mark, it was, a, it was a real pleasure. Again, the book is called Road to Gold, The Untold Story of Canada at the World Juniors by one Mark Spector of Sportsnet. Mark, thank you so much for making time for us today. All right, boys. Always a pleasure. I had to ask him those last two questions. I thought it was important because Mark is a guy 
who, I mean, there's no other way to put it. He is a lightning rod. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that he, he he splits people, and it's it's fun it's a, to watch. It's a shame he covers the Oilers because he's got like a little bit of Matthew Kachuk energy. Yes, he just he loves it. Yes. He's, oh, you hate me? Good, good. And he just laughs about it. Yeah. Anyway, I just I mean, and I want to know. I love asking people from the West about you, and that's why <laughs> it's just he's a, a dick. It's a sick one day you gotta thing. ask him when I'm not here. Yeah, a problem. we should just have him on and co-host. I think most of the answers would start with, well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, um, I want to talk about a, a few things. And Mark Mark mentioned um, some of them. And we it's too bad we didn't have him the whole episode because, honestly, I could have asked him about Western teams the whole time. Um, uh, I do want to talk about that Taylor Hall trade because we didn't really get a chance to jump into it. Some of the stuff that's been interesting that's come out is why Ray Shiro made the trade. Excuse me. Now, rather than closer to the deadline, when perceptually you maybe could get more coming down to the deadline. And some of the prospects they got, I mean, they got their first round pick and whatever, mm-hmm. which you would expect. That, that seems like that's the best part goes without the saying the mm-hmm. prospects well, are not they don't seem like they're going to be guys that are stars. And it was interesting when I read an article uh, in The Athletic, and forgive me if who I read it by, but they basically were, it was Pierre Lebrun, actually. He said that another general manager said that, that Ray Shiro did well by that trade because rentals just aren't worth as much anymore. People have gotten smart to the whole rental thing and aren't giving up the A-plus prospects for these players anymore. No, and for the Devils, you definitely, you want to get as much as possible and you want to get more, but to me, the amount of pieces was good for them. Uh, Kevin is a ball. Yeah. Um, you know, doesn't project that high according right. to a lot of people. Same with Nate Schnarr and same for who's the third Good prospect? Question. Can't remember them all off the top of my head. And then they got the the first that's guaranteed and the third that could be a second or a first. It's five parts. Like, even if none of those guys end up being super duper stars, well, that trade is so rarely available. The Duchesne trade was a mistake. Yeah. It wasn't intended to be that way. It was a mistake. Um, so to me, the Devils have Jack Hughes, who they're going to build around, mm-hmm. Nico Heischer, who they've locked up and they're going to build around. So those are their stars. Those are their stars of the future. If they can fill them with, if they hit on both draft picks and those three guys make the NHL, even as periphery contributors, relevant players, relevant, pl- that's a great way of putting it, Adam. I think that works for them. Here's also why you trade Taylor Hall early. He's played 30 games this season. He played 33 last year, 76 the year before as an MVP, 72 the year before that, 82 in his last year in Edmonton. Wow! But it was the only time he's ever done that, as far as I can tell. Uh, 53, 75, 45, although that was the lockout shortened one, 61 and 65. So you're saying some hard miles, maybe. Guy gets hurt a lot, man, and while he's healthy, you might as well deal him now. Don't wait for him to get hurt. If Taylor Hall gets hurt uh, and you run at a runway for the trade deadline, it's a disaster. Right. Although I have to say I respect the hell out of Arizona for making that deal. I know I know. Mark said he's like, I don't see them as a cup contender. I see them as a team that needs to contend for fans. You know, their Absolutely. goal should not be winning Stanley Cups. It should be winning new fans. And and not that they couldn't, but with when you saw the, you saw the play Taylor Hall made last night to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all him. He he fought through a player, uh, stole the puck, got it to Oliver Ekman Larson, back of the net. 
And it's that's what you get a Taylor Hall for. You're not getting Phil Kessel to forecheck like that. You're getting Taylor Hall to forecheck like that. And he goes brain first into everything. He's everything. done that since junior. I think I think this is the Arizona Coyotes saying, okay, for you know, not that the cup doesn't matter, but we're the top of the division. We gotta make a splash in this market. This is a great player anyway. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be able to show that this is a team worth coming to see. And they've got a, they're, they're lucky right now because um, they were able to do it at a kind of a quiet point of the year. The Arizona Cardinals, I don't even know how they're doing this year. Uh, the, they're know, not good. They're not good. No, Kyler uh, Murray. The Diamondbacks. Dope, they're not good. The Diamondbacks, I believe, just made a, a huge baseball signing. Um, but they're oh. not playing. It'd be weird if they made a big basketball signing. It would be weird. But they're not playing. <laughs> So you're in a spot where you're sort of in a sports dead zone. So if there are sports fanatics in Arizona, of which there are many, you know, what are they paying attention to? What are they watching? And all of a sudden this becomes, in the news cycle, one of the top stories. And right around Christmas, any Coyotes fan in the family gets to go, oh, Taylor Hall, yeah. something like that. Um, it's good for team chemistry. You know, get them in the lineup nice and early. Get them to bond with the guys. Get Phil Kessel going because mm-hmm. even though the Coyotes have been good, Phil Kessel has not been. Yeah, yep. Clayton um, Keller's their their leading goal scorer. Chaka yeah. was probably yeah, and which he should be. But like, I think Chaka was counting on like the Phil Kessel trade being the one that brought offense to the team. Not quite so much. Yeah, he struggled mightily. Yeah, he yeah. has struggled. Still hasn't missed a bloody game. Mm-hmm. And if maybe ought to. If but, plus minus matters, he's a minus eighteen. So. Yeah, okay. At a certain point, it matters a little, right? Right. When it's so egregious, yeah. I feel like it should matter a little. Like if you're <laughs> if you get into the minus twenty range, maybe it starts. It there are probably other indicators before that that are probably better indicators, but it might be like a oh, yeah. even that's bad. Dylan Demello plus seven on Ottawa. I go oh, whatever, and he's second on that team. John Gabriel Pajot plus eighteen. What probably matters. Probably matters. Matters just if a little If you're bit. leading the division and you're minus 18, yeah. it's not a very good sign. Uh, one thing about New Jersey, too, they were uh, they were specifically looking for defense defense pros- prospects. Yeah. And they, they got it. Didn't so, they only get one? Yeah. Wasn't well, they ball? got, um, yeah, Ball is who they're looking for. They're looking for uh, Vince Dunn out of uh, St. Louis, but that never. That wasn't going to happen. That was never no. going to happen. No. But they got what they were looking for. I bet it would have been. Prospect system. To get him to Edmonton, it would have been Ethan Bear. Yeah. Mm, at least. At I least. Was, Ethan Bear yeah, plus. He's got to be part of it. But, and, and Edmonton's not giving that up. There's no way. No. You yeah. might, like, do you no. even give up a Caleb Jones? Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think you do. And, you know, I, I defended. Vegas when they were just throwing around picks like a drunken sailor. Um, the Coyotes can sort of do that too. Like they got that first round pick for the ghost of Pavel Datsuk. That's mm-hmm. cheating. <laughs> it's that's a free pick. Yeah. It's a free pick. Yeah. Like it's not cheating, cheating, oh, so, but it is free. So that's it's the like Detroit the Marlowe pick. pick that yeah. left. Yeah. That's the, the Detroit pick. pick. Uh that they gave him. Is yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I can't remember. But if I mean that Chikrin. that projects to be a pretty good pair. It was it was Chikrin or Keller. Can't remember which one of those two it turned into. I think it was Chikrin. Mm. Um, so you've, you know, you, the team's not old. It's got some young guys. The defense is a little here and there mm-hmm. when it comes to age. Um, but you got arguably oh, the best goalie in the league this season right now. You have one of the most underrated pairings back there with uh, Goligoski and who's he with? I can't remember. Um, they need goals. Why not go out and get Taylor Hall? I, I am, like it. It was little, their their own first round pick. It was their own. Yeah, oh, I got confused the there. One. But yeah. they had the extra first round pick from Detroit, I think is what you were saying, right? 
They yes, don't have yeah, it anymore. Sorry, they had in recent years. Had yes. in recent years. Yes. Yes. I see. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I, yeah, I was also that. confused. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. You know, you know, I'm looking at the Jersey roster right now, and the thing that is surprising to me is now we keep hearing, oh, it's not going to be a fire sale. It's not going to be a fire sale. This roster is primed for a fire sale. <laughs> yeah. This this New Jersey should be what Detroit is now next year. Who's who's UFA, Jesse? Forget oh. who's even UFA. It's just, yeah. just guys that you should move on from. Right. Oh. Zajac's making 575. I don't think you're going to get a taker for him, though. That's the problem. Simmons is at 5 million, and it's one year. That's You can retain on... Simmons at 2.5 million? Yes. There's value. Yeah, absolutely. Palmieri's got two more years at five... Sorry, four, six... Uh, you've got Nikita Gusev. You probably want to hang on to him. Uh, and then on the defense, PK is obviously the first guy you look at. He's got two more years after this one. But Andy Green and Sammy Vatnin are both guys that are up. Andy Green is the captain. He's got a no trade. He's 37. But he gives you some experience on the left side. Same with Sammy Vatnin. People really like Sammy Vatnin. I wonder if, you know, at this point, why wouldn't you... Try to find some assets. Try to find some value. Yeah, why not take advantage of your bad season and instead of trying to salvage something out of it, just sell off all these guys who look like they won't be a part of the future when you're actually good. You also yeah. don't want to completely burn it to the ground like Buffalo a few years ago. Like they're just recovering from that now. Well, if you do it smartly and you hit on some of the pieces that you trade for when you burn it to the ground, then it won't be It won't Buffalo. be that slow. It'll be the Leafs where it's a... Quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. If you what hit on this? Matthews, Nylander, they got Marner. two first right. picks this year. What about this? Keep most of your guys. Get a freaking goalie. <laughs> also, yeah. that yeah. stop a puck. One of them, ever. Mm-hmm. That's what they need, man. They've traded their second and uh, third round picks mm-hmm. with PK. Oh, so Nashville they, did well. There. This this is why I think that they should sell. They should sell some of these guys. Yeah. So like, don't burn it to ash. You could you couldn't get a se- you probably could get a, sa- a second for a Sammy Vatten and, and a third for Andy Green. Why you? are you so against that burning to ash? Uh, I just I worry because now you're committed to a rebuild. You got a GM who well commit to something. Yeah. They haven't committed I anything. The waffling thing is the problem. I agree with that, but Ray Shiro cannot rebuild the Devils. You can't allow him to. He's the one who screwed this up. So bring in someone new. Yes, absolutely. Like, like to me, if you're going to rebuild. We have to have another conversation first, which is firing Ray Shiro. So Simmons only being on the one year, I didn't realize. For some reason, I thought he signed for three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the perfect Easy. perfect candidate to, to trade off. Um, and maybe those two guys on D. Because, I mean, are they good? Anyone who's not going to stick around, you got to get rid of. Yeah. Anyone with term? I don't know how easy it is to lure guys in New Jersey. You know what? Go get Kovalchuk. Listen, if you're in New Jersey, <laughs> you're across the bridge from New York City. I think it's not that hard to lure people to it. Yeah, it's the cheaper... Well, I live across the street from New York City. Because it's where families live. Right. When, you live when you work in Manhattan, you live in New Jersey. That's where the families live. Mm, and so a lot of I these guys you. would love to be able to jump into the city and go out for a night out. But I can tell you, they probably don't want to live in it. And, you know, you, you actually can get a house I in New Jersey. I think New Jersey is a very attractive market yeah. for people to play in. Yeah. Who's listening to this in New York traffic right now? I want to know that. <laughs> That'd be interesting. I don't no, know why take, I looked into the take, camera. If you're looking at me dead in the eyes, you're driving dangerously. Take the Stop subway. Them. They yes. take the subway. They're uh, taking the subway. Gotcha. gotcha. Which is actually good there. Yes. Which oh. we do not have here. <laughs> no. Um, or roads. <laughs> Our subway system is, unless you're specifically on one street, we're specifically going along another one, yeah. the subway's pretty much yeah, useless. Yeah, It's like, you <laughs> must be specifically going to this destination. Yeah. There Commuting, can be no veering. 
Commuting today is costing me $50. Really? $50. You cannot park at the Oshawa GO station because it's trash. You can't sp- uh, park at the Whitby GO station because it's trash. Uh, Ajax Pickering, same shit. So I just Uber from my house, which is $15 either way, and then the GO train's 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, gosh. Every Wednesday. because I'm not driving. I'm not wasting frigging four hours of my life. <laughs> and also the money, that it, the wear and tear on the car, the gas. I'm confused. Do you enjoy transit? No. Okay. Oh, transit? Yes. Yeah, I think you do I enjoy, enjoy transit. I enjoy it greatly. It's it's like the Steve Carell, I love inside jokes. I wish I was part of one. <laughs> <laughs> I love transit. I wish we had some. We uh, have none. Uh, <laughs> but And you also don't like driving. No, I don't like driving. I like driving, Jesse. I don't like being parked in the middle of the road. I you literally like put my car in park uh, on the highway a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's a nightmare. Uh, I hate this place. I want to go home. <laughs> it's the worst. What? It's too bad the government mandated that Steve live in Oshawa. <laughs> it's too bad they made him. <laughs> you know? Did we vote you know? on that? We voted. It was a, it was a city council resolution that oh, said, no, okay. Steve Dangle must move to Oshawa. I'm sorry right. that I didn't buy a freaking Ikea cabinet <laughs> down the street from here for three quarters of a million dollars. <laughs> All right? More than that. I mean, three quarters. Three quarters of a million. That's I a, said that's a steal. steal. Oh, my God. Show know. me where you got that. Exactly. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, 50 bucks seems cheap. Yeah. I hate this freaking place. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> I love Toronto is great once you get here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a That should be the city slogan, honestly. Great once you get here. Um, the number also one when it's done. trending also topic in Canada. When I woke up this morning, mm-hmm. what do you think it was? Adam Wilde is a cuck. No, what? <laughs> that was yesterday. Oh, sorry. Pre-impeachment proceedings. Right. Um, no, what What do you think it was? Mm, trending topic, Austin Matthews. Jesse, what do you think it was? I know because I was with you this morning when you said it. Was it the TikTok <laughs> with the llama? No, keep going. No, uh, the TikTok with the llama was great, though. No. Uh, uh, was it uh, Hamilton getting screwed out of a transit no, system? No, go sports. Was it the Blue Jays actually doing something? No. They haven't done it, so. They haven't yeah. done anything. Yeah. This is in Toronto? But it's a it's it's cross Canada. It's a cross Canada cro- topic. Sports related. Yeah. It's not Jays or Raptors. Nope. No. What sport do we talk about the most? Hockey. Uh-huh. It was a hockey topic. A hockey. Across Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It wasn't the Leafs. What happened last night that would make any fan base want to burn it down? Who likes to burn things down? Oh, what happened in Vancouver? <laughs> Hashtag fire Benning. Oh, yeah. really? National uh, topic. The hashtag number smoldering one. fire Benning. Number one. Really? Number one. Because they're, well, they're 23rd in the league now. Which is weird because they're not that far out of a playoff spot, right? Like when you look at where they're at, they have 36 points. To get into the playoffs, it's, two, they're, it's a two-win differential. Well, the Pacific is the Atlantic West. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, it's the like central what, is sweet. the metro. That's how it works. They are 8 points out of first place. Now that's a lot in the NHL. Yeah, but that's a hot streak. You can, can make I, that up by New Year's. Can I provide <laughs> some reasons for uh their recent struggles? Sure. 22 of 34 games the Canucks allow the first goal. Oof. Man, the Pacific's that's, been bad for the Calgary's even worse. Really? Yeah. 
They uh they when the Leafs scored the first goal in the game against Calgary, I want to say Calgary leapfrogged the Leafs for most first period goals given or oh. most first goals of the game given up. Uh this year the Canucks were fourth. Uh their power play was fourth in the league, but in the last four games they are 1 for 12. And they rank on the season 20th in even strength goals. Oh. Yeah. Or in the last four games, they ranked 20th and even The scary goals. thing I Thank heard you, the with province is, I want to say it was Friedman was talking about the Canucks, and it's great when you have a good excuse, but, like, they're healthy. They're healthy. Right. Their goalie's pretty good. So let me let me read something out to you <clears throat> that was tweeted after the game, one of the top oh hashtag firebending tweets. Oh it's from at Canadian Adam, who describes himself as a streamer, sports guy, movie reviewer, not me. Oh, okay. Um, you are not those things. His name is at Adam underscore Pied, P-Y-D-E. So close. Piled? Almost Pied. Not, piled. Not piled. Pied. <laughs> Adam Pied. There's no L. <laughs> is this your burner account? <laughs> what, what, the, what the hell? <laughs> but he writes, he writes it's this. It's not even stealth, Adam. <laughs> Adam's like, oh, this guy's so smart, this Adam Piled. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin if I, Durant. <laughs> if I were to give you a number, let me give you a number. Bevin okay? Durant. <laughs> if I'm going to give you a number... What what number would you associate with the forward line? Okay, so I'm going to give you amount an amount in millions of dollars, uh-huh. and you tell me what line it is on the Canucks. Okay, six point five million. Mm-hmm. What line is that on the Canucks? The the whole line is six point five. Yeah, that's what it costs. That's their third line because the the top line is like Pedersen and Horvat and Pedersen's ELC though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So their first line, like their first lines, are all the young guys, and like I assume their third line. Is the one that's jacked up with a bunch of guys who aren't worth it. Mm, I'm going to say it's her first line. Jesse's right. It's the third line. Okay. Good. One of us. But don't worry. I'm going to give you now the the figure of 10 million. Oh, God. What line is that? That's the first line. That's the first line. I'm going to go the fourth line. You're going to go the fourth line? Yeah. (laughs) Burn it down. (laughs) What what a Horvat and Besser make. That's like, oh, that's probably roughly 10 on their own. And then. No, because Bester just signed his extension, game. and then Pedersen's still on his ELC. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, it's the second line. <laughs> oh, okay. Thirteen million. That's fourth. the fourth line. A fourth line. That's the first line. Oh, oh damn it! Twenty million. No, <laughs> you went up. I don't think that's it. I got. I'm looking. Oh, okay, I'm looking. Twenty plus six point five plus ten plus thirteen. Twenty million plus six point five is twenty six point five million. Thirty six point five million. And that brings it to plus thirteen is. Oh, Adam! Four, don't make me do this. Thirty-six don't plus thirteen me. is forty-nine. Yeah, what are, that what would make sense. Trying I'm trying to figure out if this actually works under the cap. Oh well, you you don't have the defense in there. Right, it doesn't matter. So. Yes, yeah, so, no. I we just wanted know. to make sure that that would still work. Six point five million for the third line. For the second line, it's ten million. For the first line, it's thirteen million. For the fourth line in the press box, it's twenty million. Oh, right. Well, because that's Erickson. There's six and a half right there. Or yeah. Six. Yeah. Lou Erickson, one of the worst deals in the Jay Beagle. Memory. Jay Beagle's three point mm-hmm. five. Antoine Roussel four, three and a half, four, something like that. Oh my God, man, that's been the problem with this team. And this, this put is, down the phone on July first. All they had to do. This is why I defended them because I was like, I, I think they have good players. Mm-hmm. The problem is they all pay them way too much for way too long. The Caveat to what I was saying is uh, they have to win this year. Also, Brandon Sutter, four point mm-hmm. three seven five. Oh, Brandon Sutter, 
It feels like he's been there 36 years. Yeah. And you know what's funny is that none of the deals that I mentioned that we just talked about expire this year or next. Oh, my God. Like Tanner Pearson at $3.75 million is another deal that does not expire until the end of 2021. Oof. Uh, oof. Uh. Tough. And that's the thing is that they've got some incredible pieces, like, well, like and you're amazing. Gonna, this is this is the main criticism is okay. You have these guys. How are you going to pay Pedersen when the time comes? Pedersen's going to get a lot of money, man. I know people talk about oh well, people in other markets will actually take a discount. Look at what Miko Rantanen got. I don't think Pedersen should be signing for anything less than that. No, I don't think so either. To be like, fair. When Pedersen uh, will be an RFA, they only have one defenseman signed and one, two. That's bad, too. One, two, three, four, and five forwards. So they're going to have a ton of money come 2021 or mm-hmm. 20, yeah, 2021 offseason. But also a ton of vacancies. But also a whole roster to build by then. Yeah. But yeah. And they got a potential, like, with Kale McCarr out, Quinn Hughes has a real good shot at the Calder. And they're still this bad. <laughs> Well, that's t- and like most horrible teams, mm-hmm. you can immediately point and go, their goaltending sucks. Their goaltending is average. It's not average. terrible. Yep. And they got guys coming up. Mikey DiPietro, he's probably still way too young. I think Thatcher mm-hmm. Demko. He's their hurt. backup right now. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Well, because Demko's out. Yeah. Adam Goddett strikes me as a guy that might be better than he seems. Goddett on the yeah on the yeah he's their third line center. And I've always, I look at him, I don't know what it is. There's something about him that I like, I'm, maybe I'm crazy, maybe Canucks fans will light me up. Yeah, I don't got that. No, he does not make yeah. seven. Uh, he's a guy, he seems to be like found money, you know? Not an overly expensive guy, but has, what does he make? Yeah, he's, he's a 23-year-old. He's making 916. Close enough. You know, that's that's a guy, it's like for a third-line center to be, to produ- produce the way he has, he's playing between Pearson and Levo. I like him. Yeah, yeah we got third line center is putting up 15 points in 25 games. You can't complain. Yeah. Right. But yeah. you got to fill take your that. roster with that instead right. of paying everyone $3 yeah. million. Bucks, like, uh, but I don't three, understand. Four, like, they five. brought in Jay Beagle to be a $3 million, um, a $3 million fourth line center. They look like, go, oh, we got the fourth line center position locked up. Like, so it's what? crazy how Jim Benning is just giving everyone on the team contracts between $3 million and $6 million. Remember it's just, when, hey, whatever's in there, just here you go. Blank checks. You the, want well, five. The Leafs, like, oh, we're going to have elite bottom sixers. Remember, right. like, all that? And we're going to have Colby Armstrong three times three. And I always make fun of him for that because he scored uh, one goal for every million the Leafs gave him. <laughs> That's A lot of that was Our, injuries. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I ripped really? him. He was making fun of my skating, and I was like, uh, he was telling me how to get better. I'm like, that's the kind of advice that gets you nine career Leaf goals. Wow. Did he punch you in the face? He really should have. No, he loves me for some reason. <laughs> oh, does he love Yeah, you. I, and I love him right back. He, he brought his a... dad yesterday, just hanging out in the background. He's a cool. pretty lovable guy, eh? Yeah. Colby? Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's pretty yeah. awesome. He's really funny, too. Is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah? He likes, like, and he's he's always... He's the Mitch Marner of our office. He's just slamming Red Bull all the time. I'm like, you're in your mid-30s. Stop that. Gonna... <laughs> what are you doing? He also looks like he's like 22. Oh, yeah. He's got he's a baby not, face. He's not old. No, he's not. Right? But he he's... retired young, so. Yeah. Man. Um, Except for his nose is old. Speaking of young <laughs> young guys you wouldn't expect, when we were talking about the World Juniors with um, Mark Spector, one guy on that 
on that uh, World Junior roster with Crosby and all of them was Jeremy Colleton, the current head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. Wow, really? He was on that roster with like Getzlaff and all and uh, Colby, uh, um, not Colby, I'm sure, and um, on Hockey Central. Um, Andy Stewart, Stewart. Yeah. yeah, and all those guys, and now he's he's still thirty four and coaching the Blackhawks with all these guys he played with it in had the World to, Juniors. It had to have been tough, actually. <laughs> I think to play on that team, it'd be interesting. I want to talk to Anthony Stewart about that because if you weren't a star, it's like you were on the bottom half of that team. Like you know who else that team had? Clark MacArthur. Mm-hmm. And you look at some of the other names on that team, and you go, Clark MacArthur. <laughs> Clark MacArthur had a wicked career. Yeah, he but. Did. Not Ryan Getzlaff, not Corey Perry, he's not, not Dion Phaneuf even, he's right. not Sidney Crosby, he's yeah. not Shea Weber, he's not... That team was murderous! Not if Clark MacArthur hadn't been smashed in the head 80 times, he was good for 25 goals a year. Easily. Who was their goalie? Ooh, I don't know. I have no idea. Justin Pogge. Really? Hell yeah. Leafs prospect Justin Pogge. Leafs pro... Oh wait, no! No, no, he no, wasn't the goalie Pogge was after... You know who it was? Um... Tre- uh, no, who did he play for in the KHL? Can't remember. It was uh, Jeff Glass. Oh, Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. Wow, that's crazy. Glass. Wall. I remember Jeff Glass. Wasn't he a Leafs prospect too, or something? No, he played for the Marlies for a while in a pinch because they had no goalies left. I see. And he was not great. So here's so here's the thing that I, I just want to get back to the Canucks for just a second. Yes. <laughs> oh right. I don't know how no, we got you don't to, want back to talk to about Jeff Glass. No, I don't. Why? The, the, the Canucks are capped out without their first round pick and are in tough to make the playoffs. What do you do? Do you just stay the course? Do you think it'll course correct? Are they the October Canucks or are they the December Canucks? What are they? I don't think they're as bad as they've been. And maybe they weren't as good as they were. They're probably somewhere in the middle. That's still not good enough. It's not good enough not to have your first round pick. Right. Yes. That is a good way of putting it. It is... JT Miller's been really good, yeah, too. Yeah, it's... Exactly. And, yeah, they won that trade. Uh, except Without... until they lose it because <laughs> they missed the playoffs. Um, yeah, if they have their first-round pick, I don't think their performance so far is even noteworthy, really. They're just another team sort of duking it out. But that puts undue pressure spot. on them, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The issue when you have all these guys making money is you, now you got to make money trades. But... Now you're calling teams and asking them for their player who makes a bunch of money, mm-hmm. who they're willing to give up. You know what I mean? So you're looking for a player who's... Underperforming his deal. Yeah. And there's not a ton of those out there that are super appealing. Like with the Canucks, for example, they got rid of Erica Branson, brought in Tanner Pearson. That's the sort of deal you're looking at. So unless you really nail it with one of these trades, like... What could you even offer up that would make any sense for anybody? Okay, here's here's a deal that's making a bunch of money that could work out for you that his current team is soured on. Alex Kalchenyuk. Do the Canucks take a look at Alex Kalchenyuk? What do they offer up for him? Does he make a difference? That's a lot right. of questions, But man. you kind of have to take that risk at this point if you're Jim Benning, because if you fail this season, it's pretty much done. You have to take that risk, and you have to take it more than once. Do you think like, he's you, done if he fails this season? Like, he should be. I don't know if upper upper management in the Canucks organization would do it, but he should be. He's been there a long time, and they haven't really done anything. Especially if you go and you trade your first-round pick for JT Miller, or your first and, and a third, and Marek Mazanek for... JT Miller. Yeah. How many uh <laughs> how many years has Benning been there? 
And have the Canucks won a playoff round? I'm going to say 2014, but I'll look No way. Has he been there that long? I don't think they've won a playoff round. I don't think they've won a playoff round with Jim Benning. And I know that's going to sound rich coming from a Leaf fan. Uh, We're not happy with it. And also it hasn't been the same guy the whole time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, The Canucks introduced uh, him as their general manager in May May 23rd, 2014. That's correct. There you go. So let's check and see. How many times have they made the playoffs? When was that series against the Flames? That was when I was, I want to say my first year at Sportsnet, 14-15? And they lost? Wow, you've already been there that long, huh? I know. (laughs) Jeez. I know. I've been there since the horror check year. Wow. It sucked. (laughs) Yeah, it did. (laughs) It sure did. Actually, I had flashbacks last night because the Preds scored uh, eight or more goals for the first time since the 9-2 game. Wow. They smoked the Islanders last so night. So the Canucks introduced Jim Benning offseason uh, May 2014. That year they go and they make the playoffs in 2015, and they lose in the first round to the Calgary fa- Flames. The next year they finish uh, with thir- oh, where are the points? 75 points, don't make the playoffs. The following year, 69 points, don't make the playoffs. Not oh, nice. nice. <laughs> Jinx. 73 Jinx points, do not make the playoffs. 81 points last season, do not make the playoffs. So that's Jim Benning's track record right now. So if you're Jim Benning, you just keep beating the drum that, hey, we're improving, which, not a lie, <laughs> but... <laughs> sure. No, man, you gave up our first. You gave up our first, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Well, he's, you know... Got Brock Besser in the draft. Actually, did he? Yeah, I think he did. You got yeah. Brock Besser in the draft, Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes. Okay, that's good. You got Antoine Roussel back but because he had a knee injury, I think. I don't know. It's you got him back. Win. 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 You got to win. It's not enough to have a... I look and at the Leafs and I, it... and I look at all these beautiful pieces. I Win. It's unfair. I, I stop giving a shit if you don't win. But it's unfair to have... The, not saying that they aren't here, but it's unfair to have them here because of the moves they made, because it's too early in what their arc should be to be in the must-win stage. Right. I don't but disagree with that. they're not... I, I, yeah, I do agree with that, but they sure don't sign players like it. No, well, that's what I, I kept saying, and this is the thing, man. Canucks fans are such an interesting bunch, because you get, you get brilliant you know, you can't Canucks fans. You can talk about them. Well, you can. No. You can. I you can. can. I can. Okay. You I can. can. <laughs> you can. There are guys that that are like, hey, listen, you were right on this point, but you weren't right on at that point. And then there's the Canucks, Canucks listeners. And, and then there are nice. Canucks fans that are like, that go ballistic every time you mention them. You don't know what you're talking about. You never watched a game. Yes, I have. Well, um, what about know, the like, Leafs? What about the Leafs? I'm talking about the Canucks. Yeah, exactly. I thought you wanted this. So, <laughs> but, but in Jim Benning's arc with the Canucks... Jim Benning has to start winning now. But this, where the Canucks should be, I don't, I don't agree that. And hello, Pure Relator, by the way, they're outside. Apparently, they're hot. They're Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Baby! Um, Are they in must-make-the-playoffs He's in must-make-the-playoffs mode. Right. Like, yes. if this year, if, if you go, what, what would that be? If you go five straight seasons without making the playoffs, how do you justify having a job? You know, he's got to yeah. win. He's got to make at least make the playoffs eventually. And not not just it's National Hockey League. Half the teams just luck into playoffs. Well, and <laughs> it goes to I mean, I think they have the president with Trevor Linden, but um, GM. I mean, it comes down to ownership. Mm-hmm. You're spending my money. 
You know, you need to make the playoff. It's not for the lack of money that I've given you. You sign this guy, you sign this guy, you send the... Yeah, they're a capto team. They've got 30000 left yeah. in the cap. Yeah. They spent it all. I mean, they're not alone there. That's every yeah. team because the NHL but they are screwed a cap team. the entire It's not league. like they're being held back by an internal cap, mm-hmm. right? Right. But if I'm the Aquilinis, I go, okay, I've given you enough money to give me a winning team, and you haven't done it. Why isn't it 2011 again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why isn't it 2012 again? Why aren't we winning back-to-back presidents' trophies? But you're about this to come bullshit. up. You're about to come up on the 10-year anniversary of that. You would have thought that in that time you would have been a little bit better at this point. You'd think. You know what's weird? I don't think Mike Gillis has done anything since getting fired. The guy who was in charge of all those teams. Weird, yeah. isn't it? He's just sort of chilling, gone into the woods. Yeah. He's yeah. probably still taking his time figuring out what he wants to do next. <laughs> Mike Gillis did everything. <laughs> The speed of a tortoise. So slow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so dry. You know, you I know. think what I'm going to do is get tougher. Yeah. Real slow. You know what's funny? He doesn't talk anything like <laughs> no, that. No, he doesn't. And no. It's just what he did. The Canucks have missed the playoffs. Five of the last, sorry. Six years, yeah. Four of the last five years. Four of the last. Five of the last six. Five yeah, you're right. Damn. Six, yeah. And if they miss it again. Counting's hard. Five yeah, man. Yeah. I don't get. And they're another team. I look at them. I look at the pieces. I'll stick to it. I look at the pieces, and I think they have what it takes to. They for sure at least make noise. For sure, and it's no. not Travis Green. I think at a certain point you got to recognize that you put your money in the wrong spots. You just did, mm-hmm. and you can't now. What they've done is they painted themselves into a corner. The Jay Beagle contract in a vacuum. Their top six is fine. Yes. But the Jay, here's what, it, here's what bothers me about talking to Canucks people about this in the moment or what has bothered me in the last oh, few years. Boy. And, just, and, and you whatever. You people to Canucks. No, I'll, no, I didn't you people. Oh, yeah, you did. All I said was, <laughs> at the time, the Antoine Roussel deal and the Jay Beagle deal are not deals that they needed to make and not deals that they should have made. And people said, yeah. well, what's wrong with their contract? Here's a little Michael Furlan for you there, Adam. Yeah, well, and... and, it, Here's and a little JT the, Miller there for you, Adam. When you buy on the free agent market, you probably overpay, especially for a guy like Jay Beagle who was just coming off a of Stanley Cup. However, the Jay Beagle contract itself, yeah, he's overpaid, but maybe by 500 grand to a million, you can, you can absorb that. But when you have... Okay, well, it's when you do that over and over and over and over Jay again. Beagle... Antoine Roussel, uh, Brandon Sutter, Tanner Pearson, Tyler Myers. Guys oh, that they I didn't... forgot they got... You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where it gets to be like, okay, now we're paying too much for a lot of people. And that's where they've painted themselves into a corner. So you look at the Canucks and go, well, the answer better be in that dressing room. Their most but... exciting month is July. Oh, but it's not. I, I can't imagine... Right. Like, are Canucks fans really jacked up about the Jay Beagle deal? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. They're, they're like, oh, no, okay, no, no, no. well, I guess, whatever. And people at the time say, well, they've got the room. They can do it. Yeah, sure, but what about when you don't have the room? It's the flexibility that... You, you can find Jay Beagle anywhere. You can find Jay Beagle in the AHL right now. You've got to be able to he might fill be your third and fourth line penalty kill specialist. With... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come it's... on. And Jim Benning is supposed to be this draft god. And by the way... If, if Jim Benning goes on the market, I'm doing what I can to bring him into my scouting department because he's very good. There's no question. He's gotten some really good fights. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like great draft. Keep him away from a mic. Well, just keep him away from a phone on July 1st. And that. Yeah. Like, I think that that's, that's, what's, that's the issue here. So what if the Canucks don't start winning, what do they do to change it? It's, I wonder if we're going to have an interesting few days. I wonder if this podcast is going to be out of date by the time it's released. Well, doesn't because... freeze going to effect soon? It's like tomorrow, I think. Yeah, it is tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but like Taylor Hall just got traded. 
So if you want to make your moves. Yeah, I don't think so. It's now or you got to wait. I think they'll wait. This damn show's going to be out of date. Nah, I, I don't think it. anyone's going to make a move. Which coach is getting fired? Nobody. There's Pete DeBoer last Nobody. time. Uh, they're saying, uh, Ali Friedman was saying actually in 31 Thoughts today that he thinks DeBoer can coach again this year. Like there's already teams kicking tires. Like, I know where wow. he's going to coach. Where he's going to coach? Tampa. You think John Cooper's gone? I wanted to bring that up next. John Cooper benched Nikita Kucherov. Yo, Dude, man. if you bench Nikita Kucherov Ooh. and they lose in overtime Ooh. last night, he's fired today. You think so? Can I, I give so. two more Vancouver stats oh, before sure. we move on? Sure. Uh, since they're a cup run in, this is the last playoff stat I'm going to throw out there. Since they're a cup run in 2011, yep. they have three total playoff wins. What? They got swept in the playoffs, and then they had one win, and then two wins, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Since 2011, three total playoff wins. Mm-hmm. That's right. They, then, they got the one against the Kings and two against the Flames. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to what about the Leafs that, at least they won a playoff round this decade, which the Leafs did not do for the first time in their history. Sure. That's fair. And that cool. gives them a cup. <laughs> That's how it works. Stop if it. You're better than the Leafs, <laughs> if you're better than the Leafs, you win the cup. Have you won the better than the Leafs cup? We should, we should oh, create a better than the that. Leafs cup. No, we'd need too many rings. <laughs> no, we'd go broke. No, I, I think That's that would be fun. No, no. no, we'll just hand it to somebody new every day. Oh, there you go. So you win the better than the Leafs cup. If just you do better than the Leafs, uh, if we make a point, a relevant point about your team, the Capitals, and then you say, no, 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 "Yeah, no, no, but the Leafs," and you go, "Whoa, he's right." Give him the better one than the Leafs cup. cup. That's all you have to do to win is just go, "But the Leafs," and we just reshoot the no words commercial where people are like, <sighs> like just on the verge of tears, <laughs> next to the I don't seven th- foot tall better than the Leafs cup. <laughs> I want to see it. Uh, other thing. You can argue that Jim Benning has not missed on a first round draft pick. No man, he's it's, been great. It's Quinn Hughes. I'm not. I'm not counting last season, last off season, because we don't know what this. Oh yeah, you got the Russian guy. What's his yeah, name? Uh, Podkolzin. Sure, Pod, that's what we're going with now. Podkolzin. Sure. Podkolzin. Italian Quinn Hughes. Great. Petrushin. Great. Oli Ulevi. Brock Besser. To be seen. Great. Jake Vertanen. Bo Horvath. No, Bo Horvath's not his. Um, but Vertanen, Besser, Vertanen's the first year he's in, he was GM. Vertanen, Besser, Ulevi, Pedersen, Quinn Hughes. That's damn good first round pick. It is damn good. He didn't nail every one of them, but you're not going to. I gave him that. I think he nailed it. Yeah, Pedersen, Hughes alone makes that amazing. Add Besser to it. I forgive Vertanen, who is still a player. Yeah. He's just not like... Vertanen's a guy. Did he have Vertanen was one of the guys who I like jumped up and down, uh, was picked uh, ahead of Nylander in right. Philly. Okay. And the other was Hayden Fleury. So Kucherov, you mentioned a couple episodes ago that you could see in a, a world where Tampa moves on from Kucherov yeah. and he ends up in Detroit. I just threw that out there because now I'm trying to think of like how Detroit can go about that and I can't envision the scenario. But Kucherov makes $9.5 million. I think I mm-hmm. we're maybe a couple years away mm-hmm. from seeing, I think, a bunch of big money guys moving. Because there are guys who probably deserve their contract when they got them. Yeah. But then that... they got to live up to that every single year. You know who I'd kill to have on my team? Who? Jeff Skinner. Yes. You know who I don't feel like paying $9.5 million to? Jeff Skinner. 
Kucherov won league MVP last year. I'd say that's pretty good. Worth it at nine and a half. But you at 122 gotta, points or whatever he had. You got to be that every year. You got to be that, and he's very not. He's very not. At I told you, I told you. Did I not call this? You cannot lose the way the Tampa Bay Lightning lost and not have something break. Mm-hmm. I'm not writing them off. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs. I am saying that if they're going to have any success, something's got to change in terms of personnel. And you think John Cooper is the next guy to go? Could be the coach, could be the players, could be both. I think you should have fired John Cooper after you lose in the first round. Really? I don't after think you bring him back. After winning the President's Trophy, I though. Yeah, I don't think you bring him back. Whoa! I think, I think you go... Uh, I mean, the Raptors did it with, with I think uh, you Dwayne go Casey. Dwayne Casey and you say, this is unacceptable. We can't... Yeah. You're the yeah. best team in the league. You can't be losing the playoffs every year. Coach of the year. Especially in Dwayne, the first round. Dwayne Casey won the NBA equivalent of the Jack he Adams. Won it, uh, yeah, he won it. Uh, and after he'd been fired. After there's, he a fired lot of, yeah. there's a lot of Raptors hockey comparisons that suck. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. The bold I think thing to do ridiculous. would have been to fire John Cooper, who, by the way, is the longest tenured coach in the NHL right now. I wonder if their general manager there, um, uh, Brisewell, I wonder if, like, had it been Iserman, I wonder if Iserman would have done it. But I think maybe Brisewell was like, okay, I just got started here. I'm just sort of getting my... And I, now, he's been the assistant GM there forever, and I get it. I know. But it's different. You step into the into the leadership role. I'm sorry it's different. It is. Yeah. I'm getting nostalgic. Um, watching the uh, Twitter feeds of Brad Crisco and Ryan Hanna with the the Wing Wheeled podcast. Oh man, it's great! Mm-hmm. I'm getting it's nostalgic like f- because every good thing the Red Wings do is a win. It's a win in the standings to them. Yeah, right. Because they want the team to stink. But it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. But like, hey, Adam Ernie, he scored two goals. Wow! And like, they I, almost won. I miss being like PA Parento's sick. <laughs> like, it was just it, it was a simpler time. It reminds me of childhood. You know what I mean? Red Wings will get back to it. And Eisenman will help them. But right now he's got the easiest job, which is just let the team be bad. Any one of us can do it. Mm-hmm. I could manage the Red Wings right now. <laughs> just let them stink. Easy. Simple. Mm-hmm. Wave Eric Comrie. Why? Because it, who cares? I don't Doesn't wanna, matter. I don't feel like Doesn't matter. I feel like uh, they're going to be just fine over there. In Tampa? Uh, in Detroit. Oh, in Detroit. Yeah, yeah they're going to be I just mean, fine. Yeah, um, yeah, but so when you when you do have Cooch on the bench. For two, he played two shifts in the third and zero in overtime. And that was after he gave up a terrible turn away to Duclair, who scored the who scored a goal in the second And period. they won. The, the last time I could see something yeah. comparable was when Bruce Boudreaux benched Ovechkin. <laughs> he mm-hmm. called him a fat fuck. <laughs> oh, that you did? <laughs> well, no. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, what? If, if you if you look, I mean, the, the <laughs> mic doesn't pick it up, but if you read the lips, oh, that you... calls Bruce Boudreaux a fat. Boy. I think so. I don't know. That's, that's... How does the benching work? Because I've played hockey, and I have to tell you, I was never at a level that was competitive enough that you were going to bench a guy. Like you know, there were guys that oh, coaches right. got mad at, but it was never like you're not playing the rest of the game. The only reason you wouldn't get played for the rest of the game is if you were like bullying another kid or something like right. that, and. So I wondered, like, does a coach just passive-aggressively just not play you? Or do they say you're not playing? They might just not call your name. You just don't tap the guy on the shoulder. Or yeah. they just go F you. Yeah, and just, yeah, they might not call your name. Because might... Kudrov scored in that game. Yeah, he He's part of the, the reason yeah. that they got in overtime. Yeah, but that's, again, it's with the, the Matthews 11.6 thing. 
Scoring for Kucherov is baseline. That's what we expect. Don't give the puck away. You're literally the reigning MVP. What are you doing? What are you doing? We're dying right now. And it sends a message to the entire rest of the team. You bench a guy. And you know what's interesting in both scenarios is Cooper, bench Kuperov. His team wins the game. That that game where Ovechkin lost his mind because he got benched because uh, the Caps had the extra attacker out and he wasn't one of them. Caps tied that game. With Ovechkin sitting on the And bench. Bruce Boudreaux ended up fired later that year. It was uh, 4-3 versus the Anaheim Ducks in 2011. God, I missed Deadspin. <laughs> Deadspin had is. the article up in 2011. Um, 4-3 versus Anaheim. There was a timeout called with 127 left in the third, and Bruce Boudreaux didn't put Ovechkin out to be the sixth attacker, and Ovechkin called him a fat fuck. According to lip reading. According to the terrible lip reading on this SD video. Very much. Honestly, not quality, I have to tell you, I'm. I I, I wonder how long they're going to keep not having dead spin. I don't think that. I think they got to come up with something. They got to come up. Well, with what something. are they going to do? Bring everybody back? Why not? And also give them freedom. Yeah, I think a lot of those guys have new jobs now. Like I think they've moved on. That's what happens when you're dumb fucks with your business. Yeah. Maybe don't oh, be dumb fucks with your business. Makes me so sad. I just yeah. I want to hold out. I hold a little candle just to, to hope that, that maybe they will. Um, also in that game. Thomas Shabbat, 37 yeah. minutes. A round of applause. And round of applause, but let me say this. I hate to be the guy that says this. Thomas Shabbat was the one that gave it up to Anthony Sorelli in overtime when Sorelli went and scored. And if you're playing a guy <laughs> for 37 minutes, what do you expect? Nick I don't Paul, put that on Nick Shabbat. Paul got walked. He did. Though. But I, yeah. but I also think playing Thomas Shabbat that much, 22 minutes is fine. 37 minutes? Are you out of your mind? That's insane. Uh, this is a, 33 this is, at even strength. That's outrageous. That's, that's, <laughs> that is so shit. not necessary. And I know that they were in that game, and I know DJ yeah. Smith's trying to, you know, they're playing for something. They're playing for something. They're playing for something. What's, that's ridiculous. What's the ice time for all their defenders? Can you, in can the, you in that game or the season? Uh, that, that game. That game. I want, you got to give me a second. <laughs> because we're talking about, as long as we're talking about guys getting benched, uh... That's not a lot of ice for the other two left D to <laughs> split between them. Holy shit, it even strength. Ah, Like, Riley played, I want to say, 32 minutes total one night. And we were like, what a hero. This guy played more than that even strength? That's disgusting. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, one second. One second. He's working on it. Hey, you gotta give me Poor something. Hot Sam Bacho, man. That I just sucks. think I feel bad for him because at 37 minutes, who's not giving up the puck? What'd you think of the goal? What'd you think of? Because um, there was a little bit of controversy with how Sorelli scored it. He crashed into the net. Yeah, but he scored it first. He scored before he made contact with Hogberg. But what is Hogberg supposed to do? Because the options seem to be stop the puck and get injured, or stay safe You're and a allow him to score. You're a goalie. You're an NHL goalie. Here we go. Check At a certain out. point, yeah, okay, I get it. You don't want to get injured. You're an NHL goalie. You're goalie. You signed up for this. If you signed up to be an NHL goalie and you don't think you're going to get run, come on. Spoken like a forward with a big butt? I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm just Adam saying. is one of those. Listen, I don't, think, Damn, he, I don't think he enjoys it, but what NHL goalie is going to give you any other answer other than it was my job to stop the puck? It was his job to stop the puck. He is the last line of defense. Sometimes that means taking contact, like the rest of the guys on your team. Damn, boy. Just saying. Damn. Do you want to take a look at the uh, time on ice for what we got? the boys on the team? Uh, to, to do, let's run down the defensemen. 
Uh, Brandstrom, 18 minutes. Okay, that's wow, that's a lot. Uh, Golubov, 10, oh, 09. 10, not we got a lot. Andreas England, who's definitely a person, uh, 7 minutes and 27 seconds. Hot Sambacho, 37.50. Do you think he's pissed he didn't hit 38? Mark Borietsky, 18.18. Ronald Hainsey played 26 minutes. 26 minutes. Wait, is he Shabbat's partner? Yeah, it looks like it. And Sh- So wait, Hainsey played the second most out of any D. Mm-hmm. 24 Tw- even strength, 24 minutes. What's the difference in time? 11? 11 and a half minutes difference. Holy God! And also, DJ, you're going to kill that. Poor yeah, don't man. do that. What are you doing? To don't do forget that. Forget Hot Sambacho. What are you doing to Ron Hainsey? That guy is 56 years old and a millennial who drives a Hummer. What are you doing? Oh my God! Little shout out to Gino Malkin, 400 goals. Yeah, wow. give it up for Gino. Yeah, you realize how hard that is to do. Oh, and like, I forgot. I forgot how old he was. That guy was drafted before Crosby. Yeah. I always forget that. Mm-hmm. He was yep. drafted in 2004. After, wasn't he drafted after Ovechkin? Wasn't he second pick mm, two? He was second. It was the first ever uh, Russian 1-2. Wow. That's cool. That's a hell of a draft. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not bad, eh? Not bad at all. And who went third? Who cares? Doesn't matter. Probably Steve Eric Branson. Dangle. I think it might have been Eric Stahl. No, he was before that. Oh, Mark Boriecki. No. Yes. <laughs> that's who it was. 2004 draft. We sent it into a mic. It's true. <laughs> nope. Don't look it up. No, no. no don't look it up. Hang on. Let me know. Jeff wanna... Petrie. Dylan DeMello. <laughs> I, I want to know if you can actually guess this. Do we get a clue? Nope. Yeah, you gotta give us some clue. Who was the team? Uh it was. Hang on. Hang so on. we had Pittsburgh what first, Washington it? second. Two thousand four. Jesse, I, oh, I don't. No offense, but I don't know if you're gonna. If, if, hey. <laughs> I mean, feel free to take a swing. Adam called you an idiot. All uh, right. <laughs> All right, Mister. I live in my basement. All right. Don't throw shots at I me. I do live in my basement, so at least it's not my parents' basement. But it is. Go write a, a blog. Um. <laughs> Chicago is the team. I know the I know the player. Who is it? Cam Barker. Cam Barker. Wow. wow. Well done. <laughs> I have his rookie card. Cam Barker. He did so. great. He, did he? No. No. He didn't. <laughs> he Cam did Barker. How many games did he play? Ooh. Uh, it doesn't Probably say. Probably at him. least like four or five hundred. Oh really? That's not bad. Think, yeah. He's he only thirty three right now. He stopped playing. His last games were with the Canucks. Uh, he still plays in SM Liga. Mm-hmm. Does he? Yeah, he was in the Swiss League last year. KHL for four years before that. Five years before that. He was playing for Astana. Boris Astana. Oh, he was playing in the Eastern Conference in Kazakhstan. And then Bratislava for two years. And then uh, Astana again. Boris Astana. Boris Astana. And then Bratislava again. So he's only played for those two. Bratislava Slovan. Um, Slovan. I don't so he think played. Team anymore. He played three games for last season. Like, no, he didn't. Did he play last? Yeah, last season was eighteen nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, so he played a little bit of cage, and then he played three games in the Swiss league, and now he's in Liga, seven games. So far. last NHL season was twenty thirteen. Played fourteen games for the Canucks. He's still going, eh? Good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still thirty three. Whatever. Who is on his team this year? I want to know this. He's on Ilvis Tempera. Uh, oh boy, bunch of names I don't recognize. 
Yep. Nope. This isn't as fun as I thought. No. Sorry. There's no one who looks Sorry. like it is amazing when you look at that 2004. Oh, uh, no. Nope, not him. Um, when you look not at that same. 2004 draft, it's like Ovechkin, Malkin, Camberger, Andrew Ladd, Blake Wheeler, <laughs> Al Montoya. Andrew Ladd's a guy. Yeah, yo, he's a okay. guy. He was a guy. <laughs> Blake Wheeler drafted by who? The Coyotes. How did they end up with Blake Wheeler and then not end up with him? Uh, How did he end up in say, Boston? I want to say he walked. I think he might have been. He might not have signed, or um, no, no, no. They traded him. But then you get into guys like Al Montoy, who oh, he was fine. Uh, Rostislav Olias, Olash, Rusty, uh, Rusty Olash, uh, Andre Picard, Ladislav Schmid, Boris Valabic, Ooh, Lori Tukonen, AJ Thelen. That was the end of the era where you just drafted guys because they were big. Yeah, that was Valabic. Uh, Drew Stafford, who played Devin Dubnik, who played. Radulov, good player. Mm-hmm. Petri, uh, Petri Nokalainen. I remember him. Merrick Schwartz, Kyle Chipchura from the, from the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a guy. Korpakoski, Lori Korpakoski. Uh, Travis Zajac. Jesus, Lord, that draft. Um, Wojtek Wolski, I remember him. Wojtek Wolski, come yeah. on. Lucas Kaspar, uh, Andre Mezaros uh, in Ottawa. Chris Chuko, this is when Calgary just blew their first round picks out out of the door. Oh, like Chuko, yeah, he just, Rob Shrimp, and uh, I remember he was pretty highly touted, but there was something up with him. I, I don't know what happened with him. He was just guy who could do stuff and then chose not to. Sort of. Oh, thing. was it an it was an attitude thing? He had the crazy shootout moves. I want to say he was part of those ridiculous London teams, mm-hmm. sort of in the mid two thousands. But no, he never really put together the full game. Um, Corey Schneider was a twenty six. Jeff Schultz a twenty seven. Mark Fistrick twenty eight. Mike Green, good pick, mm-hmm. twenty nine with the Caps, and Andy Rogers. So think of how crap that first round was Terrible. that you just said. Terrible. The Caps came out of it with Ovechkin and Green. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Not bad, eh? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. I'm looking at the second round here. I won't go through every name, but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to find stars. Like, Bolin was drafted. Bickle was drafted. Uh, David Booth, who had, you know, one-time 40-goal scorer, David Booth. Yeah. Carl Soderberg. But, like, whoa. We're at... We're not at, a good draft. Goligoski, 61. Krejci, that, that was a good pick. We're at talk about random crap stage of the Oh, podcast. yeah, let's get to the press conference. <laughs> conference it's just great uh, yeah, that that is a wild draft we are running out of time so i will announce that next episode we will do bachelor bios oh bring that friday, back. Right? yeah fr- <laughs> oh also a uh, special episode will be friday this week instead of sunday instead of sunday we don't and then it. we are off to the th- third or the fourth something like that we're off to that fifth, weekend. Fifth. I think. Whatever yeah. that Sunday is after New Year's. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah, that's when we'll come know. back. Yep. But yeah. So we'll do that on Friday. But we're going to have, like, YouTube content still. We are. Mm-hmm. We're getting a little, uh, we're doing a little stuff this week. Then we're going to have releasing over the holidays. So look out for that. Yeah, don't worry. No we're spoilers. Away. But yeah, we'll, uh, if you follow us on YouTube, you'll, first of all, do that. Uh-huh. If you if you haven't done that, do that. <sighs> Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Do it, and then you'll get some extra content over the holidays. Okay. Do it. All right, lovers. So uh, line up your your whatever you need for next episode because those are our last questions of 2020 mm-hmm. or 2019. That is, and it's the last questions of the decade. So if you have any decade related questions, we would be interested. <laughs> Except in no, them. it's not because boring things. 
Yeah, have you what? seen that? The people who argue, no, actually, the decade goes till. <laughs> Don't care. What? 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 So the, the decade goes till Explain the first it. year of the decade. Yeah, it's something like that. The decade know. starts on one. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, that's not true. Shut that's up. that's actually not wrong. That's actually not right. That's because the, the years start on zero. Yeah, it starts at zero. It's zero to one. Or yeah, it's yeah zero, yeah. one, two, three. Yeah. Uh, year, when you're in year one, you're in the second year. That's that instead of the calm app, yeah. it should be you explaining why the decade actually starts next year. <laughs> actually, isn't All right, anyway, we're going to let you go, but we'll see you on Friday. Last show of the decade. Screw you. on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.